That sounds worth it. I think it's going to work. It's going to work. Please mm-hmm. work. Please work. It's our birthday. Be nice. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, it's, it's it's still 46, isn't it? Because it's the same. <laughs> yeah, we're just 46, part one, part two, however you want to break it up. Okay. Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. The blog for the adult animation aficionado. See, one year later, I say it right. There we go. <laughs> I already take, yes! I, I gave up saying it after the first episode because I couldn't say the word aficionado. And then, see how far we've come. Yes. We really have. <laughs> so, that's, that's huge. That's a milestone. Yeah. So, uh even though I think perhaps we should stop calling ourselves a blog, cause, but that's not the point. I said aficionado, I said it, and it's all good. Uh, <laughs> yes, so this is episode 46. This is our uh, our one-year anniversary episode. Woohoo! Hey. Yay! What? Happy anniversary! Well, what's, <laughs> there's a bit of a story behind this episode because uh, we were doing a two-part record because uh, not everyone could be in it, and we wanted to get everyone on the podcast. Um, so we did a recording with with the ladies and myself <laughs> on uh, Friday night. Um, so after this, there will be some more material. Um, yeah, I'm Chris, <laughs> and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts co-hosts the friends i am joined by hello rachel hi rachel hey chris how's it going it's going good it's going to be doing part two for this and like i said i hope i'm just going to try and stay on the optimist again then we'll be able to get the other the other half our previous recording together so everyone can enjoy it because <laughs> it was fun yep part two of part one that comes out first possibly i don't know and dan <laughs> hi dan hi chris how's it going i'm good thank good. you how are you doing I'm sorry. I'm so bad at doing these parts. <laughs> kind of puts you on the spot, though, doesn't it? Hey, how are you? I'm great. Because yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going to give you're not going to give a full answer, are you? Right now, you're just going to say, "Yep, I'm good." Yeah, well, but no, it's it's. Good. Like, what else is there to say? Oh, no, well, I've I've got a bit of a sore nose. Yeah, exactly. Are there some things you're worried about? <laughs> yeah, like let's how talk. far are we? How? Yeah, let's let's really because you know you've never how. Are you? <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for asking. I'm, 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 I'm slightly nauseous and uh, a little bit. Oh no! A little bit windy. How are you doing um, on your on your five year plan? <laughs> and as you have already heard, but she's not been officially announced. Officially announced, the bun's here. Hi, bud. Yes. Do you feel like you're on target in your life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've actually watched a whole bunch of stuff this time, so I feel like I'm like ready to go. <laughs> so many, so many, so many requests. I know there's so many who's like, oh, I watched a bunch of stuff for animation nights that I can't talk about. <laughs> but um, yeah. So bring it. No, <laughs> yeah, no. I'm just. I'm in the. Come at me, bro. <laughs> I'm in the backyard, as you can hear from the little birds. At least I'm not mobbed right now, but um. It, it Are you on the like... hammock again? 
I'm not on the hammock. I mean, I moved quietly to the hammock. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear a slight, a slight jingle sound, those are <laughs> that's that's hammock, hammock noise. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so everyone knows what they're hearing. <laughs> Uh, no, it's good to good to chat with you guys and uh, happy birthday, everyone! Happy, happy anniversary! Birthday. <laughs> birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! I won't go through the whole song. And, copyright. No, you don't have to do <laughs> yeah. that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. It's out. That's really? right. Yeah. I heard good. it. I heard it would snatch back. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Some yeah. supervillain. <laughs> oh, mysterious, Mr. Burns. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to listen, <laughs> if you want to listen to our last year of episodes, you can find them on animationredops.com under the podcast tab, or you can find them on iTunes, on Stitcher, on podcast.com, and one day, one day, Google Play Music Store probably. Hopefully. I've been trying to get that to work, and it's just been very, very uncooperative because it's just you put in you put in the feed for the you put in the feed for the podcast, and it's supposed to send you a confirmation. And I tell you, I've been waiting months for that confirmation. Not a, not a, nothing. Zip diddly and doodah. Just you got in your spam. Just, I was gonna say, did you check your yeah. spam folder? I'm could have sworn I checked the spam, but just. Mm. I'll double check. Maybe maybe I overlooked something. <laughs> and it's just been sitting there lonely all this time. Wow. <laughs> like, sorry. It seems like just yesterday that I was in Edinburgh recording, you know, podcast number one with you guys. With Oh, uh, yep. Sleep that's, that's where you were. Well, you recorded awesome. recorded from, uh, from your hotel room. Yeah, for apartment. They gave us apartments. Ooh. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. All the sleep, sleep deprived, but excited. <laughs> 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 I kind of, I don't remember most of it. <laughs> I think. I think. Yeah, I was yeah. what, was, what exactly was the topic? Because I think that was just the general, the general idea was just going over the you know recent news and everything. And then I think the main wasn't the main topic. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to remember exactly what was. I think it. I think it was adult animation, really, wasn't it? Yeah, because we didn't really have a set um, outline necessarily. Well, at least if we did, I know I helped veer it way off course. <laughs> <laughs> well, if With my people... excitement, you read all the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there may have been an, a starting agenda, but I'm not sure we stuck to it. <laughs> well, generally speaking, as many of our listeners will probably know from you know listening to our previous episodes, is that this generally we go in with an idea of what we want to talk about, and then, you know, we will get there. We will definitely get there. It's just we kind of have to go down a couple different roads and tangents and so forth. And at least I like to think that it's all it's all really awesome to, li- you know, listen to, but I've been, and I've listened to it more than a couple times myself, but it's just... <laughs> hey, I'd say about our meandering, it's it's not the, the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. There you go. Very good, very good. That's a great point. <laughs> but sometimes man. they do need editing down. <laughs> and we have Chris to thank for that. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> yes, thank you for all your hard work and for starting all of this. Yeah. Our fearless leader. Yes, yes. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do it without you, though. 
It really has been extraordinary, though, how much um, it's grown. I mean, I, I talk about animation for adults with you know, great pride and <laughs> and sort of, um, you know, sing praises of the site. And, and um, you know, I've been, <laughs> I've been pitching it. <laughs> um, I know. Lately awesome. a lot, um, uh, especially because of Animation New York, Animation Nights New York and um, growth that's had, too, you know. Um, it's just like another, you know, way we can sort of get the word out about everything. And, um, yeah, I always, I always, uh, say like there's, you know, been huge growth and it's just, it's cool. I mean, there's so much thoughtfulness, um, put into the content and, and, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's pretty terrific. I, I feel really, uh, grateful to, to be on the team. You know, hopefully I'll be able to <laughs> write more posts soon, but, um, at least to even just be part of the website, it's been really, really uh amazing it's crazy. So thank it's... you oh, <laughs> thank you thank you for being part of the team <laughs> and uh um i think yeah it's, it's kind of crazy because i just started the website on my own <laughs> and just just me and now we've got like about was it 13 or something regular people about just about uh, yeah and then uh then we've got guest contributors as well so we've got regular guest people now and we're like, hey, we got too many people. We can't, can't keep adding people. <laughs> we're like, yeah. no, that, that's not that's true. We we are, we are still welcoming people. If they want to come and join us and write and talk and make videos and stuff. It's just it's just kind of crazy how it's grown. Um, yeah, and podcast. Just we just went. Let's start a podcast. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was. If, if I recall correctly, I think for a majority of us, it's our very. It was our very first uh, attempt at doing podcast anything really. Totally. So, mm. I know I, would, I, I had never done one before. I would never have dreamed of starting one, really. But <laughs> then when I realised that you know we had quite a com- little community and stuff, and we all got on and stuff, it was like, well, wouldn't it be fun to hang out and talk? And then we gave yeah. it a shot, and it's basically. Awesome, <laughs> great fun. Well, I mean, I knew oh, it would be. I knew it would continue because even like for the first couple, or maybe it was like the second one or third, like when we had all at different times had sort of come on and and we just started talking. I think we had talked like an hour before we even recorded anything at one point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That one where we were talking about sort of game stuff, and I was just like, oh my god. And then afterwards, it, I think we wanted for another. I think it was one of those like three hour. It was a three-hour recording, or at least like yeah, you know, an hour before the recording, and then spend another two hours recording. It's just like we yeah, super like chat. Yeah, we were all sort of talking for like you know like half a day or something. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all right, well, I think this is gonna work out all right. And the other thing that I think is really hilarious is that um, everyone's got. I mean, listening to past episodes. Um, I sort of went through and re-listened to some of them too the other day and um, it cracks me up because everyone's got a very distinctive voice and um, distinctive laugh (laughs) (laughs) and um, it just it cracks me up so much because it's such an interesting combination not just of like backgrounds and and um, you know everyone brings something to their table with with regard to what they focus on um, in in animation but also just like this distinctive um, personal characteristics too that I think make it really um, pretty fun 
Like you can always tell how excited always, I, I don't get know. When in my opinion, news yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my like... god. Yeah. Yeah. And, and my Jill's... squeals of yeah. joy. Those, yeah. Oh, it's totally. And, those you know, are some oh. of my favorite moments, definitely. Oh when... my god. <laughs> so which, funny. Which is why I will continue to sometimes hold back news, news <laughs> until the show because. Right, right, totally. That's, that's what I've got to hold back because Rachel's going to freak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Jill's got that sort of like, I mean, she should really be here while I say this, but she's got that sort of like after laugh. She does the like, this like sigh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love that. It's like, hmm. <laughs> I love it. Like everyone's, I mean, I'm not going to talk about myself because I know how goofy I sound, but it's just, it's a nice combination. It cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing I always hear from people, you know, who I've recommended the podcast to whenever they get back to me, at least people that I, I see on a day to day basis. And they're like, oh, well, that's just, that's really, they enjoy listening to it. It's because, you know, with the way like all of our, the sounds of our voices kind of like balance off each other and how we just keep going back and forth. So it's just, it's, it's good. It's really, I'm really pleased that we have that going for us. Yeah, and everyone's got different backgrounds too, which is really cool. And we sort of, um, touched on this um, the other day but you know it's like I've learned so much about anime and well it, yeah absolutely and yeah. and and you know it's given me like a long list of things that I must watch you know and um, <laughs> I'm finally able to start catching up which has been freaking amazing I honestly I'm kind of like glad in a way that I, I hadn't watched a lot of it before because it's like really awesome it's like brand new all brand new or sort of brand new. <laughs> I have to say, when you know, when you meet someone who hasn't seen any of these Ghibli films or whatever, I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could see them all again <laughs> for the yeah. first time. Yeah, I mean, I'm all seen... over again. Mm. Yeah, I've only seen a few, few of them. So I'm, um, I, I bought like. Actually, initially I called because I thought, oh, maybe I'll have time to actually like write something, and maybe I'll call. And I was like, eh, I'm just gonna buy tickets. So <laughs> I basically bought tickets for all of them. At um, Village Cinema <laughs> East, because nice. <laughs> because it, it's just cool. Because now, like every Thursday, I got something to, um, you know, no matter how hectic the week is, I'll just make sure I block out that little chunk of time. <laughs> That's phenomenal. But it was it was wonderful last week. I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, it was great, and the theater is really um, beautiful too. It's one of the older. Um, by New York City standards, old buildings. From uh, the, is it like that really kind of old-fashioned looking looking one? Yeah, there's a chandelier. I actually posted something on Instagram. Um, it's the it's got this old chandelier and really nice um, uh, moldings and yeah, it's like an older older theater. I so, love those kind of theaters. Yeah, yeah, it's got the it's got really steep uh, seating. You know, it's more of a oh, yeah. it looks more like a. Um, like a traditional traditional theater you know that they're just mm-hmm. screening films in so yeah Dan, so that's even nicer then it was built in 1910 uh, yeah. I, I think that's old <laughs> well, well, you say that but, i mean i can't think of many like well like cinemas like no, movie no, theaters no, no, that cinemas. old in 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 the uk like we just gutted those and we don't have like a history of like purpose-built like movie palaces like that oh interesting yeah yeah exactly. so exactly like that are. is really cool seriously and the Germans bobbed them yeah, <laughs> right, and, exactly. yeah, and, oh. yeah. <laughs> but i understand like uh yeah like new york has some amazing old uh cinemas 
For sure, yeah. Uh, one just closed recently, but there's still some that are around, and yeah, this is is one of them. So um, yeah, it's it is beautiful, <laughs> and everyone is humming the theme song afterwards too. You like you could tell the um, like the um, the old fans, you know what I mean, and you sort of hear the chatter and you know listen to people like talk about how they're rewatching it. Mm-hmm. And all well, what did you see? Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, Castle in the Clouds. Sky. Ooh. Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Oh, the sky. Sorry, 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 sorry. I should, I should look before I look at the title before I say. Yeah, that song is like really like Castle popular. Like I was in China once, and I, uh, it was just the the background music on a shopping channel, and I was like, <laughs> oh, funny. I was, I was watching it for ages, going. What the heck is this? I recognize this, and then I realized what it was, and it didn't make any more sense. Oh, that is hilarious! Yeah, everyone was humming it. It was crazy, and I found myself kind of humming it too. And I was just like, it was not like I was particularly like I thought it was the most amazing song ever, but it, it stuck in my head. <laughs> it is very but, catchy. It is. Uh, but yeah, no, that was beautiful. Um, Castle and it helps. And it helps that not only do they have the the singer at the very end of the film singing that song but you have several moments in the actual film where you have that song sung by yeah. like an entire like or choir it's just like mm-hmm. it's so pretty yeah that exactly and i think that's probably part of the reason but um i mean i don't know i don't know if i should get into all this now or not but one thing that really struck me um and i sort of touched on this uh oh at, offline actually i touched on it but um was the camera movement Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that was incredible. Like, um, the, I mean, the backgrounds I, I assumed would be gorgeous. And of course they were, and the characters were very appealing and I, you know, knew I was expecting that. Um, and I made a point of like not looking at anything, just kind of going into the movie cold and, um, and, but the camera, I mean, there'd be a focus on something in the background and then someone would step into the foreground and the camera would pull back and then someone would step into the the foreground again mm-hmm. and the perspective, the setup was just beautiful. You know, all of the staging was just beautiful. And I, there's so many moments like that where I was just like, like, oh, so cinematic. <laughs> like, it's like, it really, um, yeah, it's well, amazing what they're doing with like the planning and like w- when they were like moving levels to make it look yeah. like the camera was panning not only just like tracking but then yeah. spinning at some point, like looking exactly. like it was actually turning around in space. Totally, yeah, it, yeah. And I yeah, kept I thinking, like, I, wonder, that. I know, incredible stuff, like, really incredible. And you, you could also, um, I mean, I don't know that I could. I could think of specific, um, well, I mean, definitely some of it reminded me of like, or maybe think of Bill Plumpton and I would, I was like, I wonder if, you know, I'm sure he's watched all of these films, but, but it had that same kind of, or Quentin Tarantino, you know, or, um, it, it, I don't know. It was just really beautiful. There was so much, uh, and it, it did smell like it stuck out, you know, it was all, all obviously yeah. done purpose and planned and it was so effective, but, um, that's one thing that it's um, so, that's really so funny that me. you're you're talking about like the staging because the last time we saw the movie i was like this would be a really really good double bill with raiders of the lost ark oh and, yeah and spielberg yeah. like has a similar like approach to like you know his um he's really famous for like doing ones oneers mm-hmm. they're called like where you have one shot 
where like a character is close to the camera and then the camera moves around and the characters move further back in the scene and suddenly it's an entirely different shot and there's not been totally 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 yeah and that's i mean that 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 kind of approach was all over uh castle in the sky for sure yeah that's exactly what i'm talking about and um it was beautiful uh something else yeah i can't wait till um next till this coming thursday <laughs> hey, what's what's the next one? Um, Totoro. Oh, that's oh, Totoro. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's Ooh. the next. One. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> and then I got, and then I came home just to prove how much of an effect. <laughs> I came, I came home the next morning, at like seven o'clock in the morning, before I got any, before I did like start working on anything. I um. I got a cup of coffee and um, watched uh, Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> Whoa. Right. Um, that, I hope that was a strong cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. <laughs> well, I knew. Not, I mean, that, not I, that you'd fall asleep, I but I mean to right. uh, I know. Keep, keep yourself together. <laughs> yeah. They pretty, they, I mean, you know how bad it's going to be in the very beginning. So mm. I, um, but uh, yeah, that was beautiful. It did sort of. Um, I was a little bit down, <laughs> but um, I should yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah, if you come out of that with a sk- with a with a yeah, with a spring in your step, step. <laughs> <Bring> in your <laughs> step. <laughs> you want to take a look at yourself, <laughs> like a pal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so the podcast. Uh... Oh goodness. Um, yeah, uh, I'd say I. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts for a long, long time before I um, before we started this. And mm-hmm. one thing I I really am proud of with this one is that I listen to a lot of podcasts, and you know, there's a lot of blokes on podcasts. <laughs> they see, they you you mm. might you might get a token lady voice occasionally, but more more generally, they seem to be. I know there are obviously women-led podcast but they seem to be a bit of a so i'm really happy the fact that we've got you know a good mix and in fact in fact if forecast we're outnumbered so (laughs) (laughs) if everyone's there Uh, and if not then we're even uh and i I think that's really good (laughs) because and you know just on the whole site it's represented it's it's good um yeah and i I think that's important. So um... I do, especially like to stamp out the idea that animation is like as a sort of quote unquote like geeky subculture is a dude is a boys club. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah the better because it's not. Um, we right. are we do we have suggested that we might we want to do like a women in animation episode in the future, don't we? Well, yeah, we, I think that'd be good. Um, so yeah we just had a technical problem or several technical problems uh, which which you know is fitting for the one year anniversary because we've it's it's been a learning experience doing this podcast because as we said we've not done it before uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can't possibly tell Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that way, just make it up as we're going along, and yeah, technical issues. But we think we might have come up 
found some way to do episodes better going forward so hopefully next week will sound will be smoother and then mm-hmm. then we'll see um if not then i don't know what to do <laughs> We'll just we'll just continue to figure it out as we go along because that seems how we've been we've handled the past year. So yep. just, it's we it's just worked keep... most of the time. Yeah, it's just we seem to I have had a bad so. run of it recently. <laughs> and because the... as we all know, Skype is a fickle and angry god. Mm. And the timing of doing it on our birthday episode is just mean, 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 <laughs> mean. Uh, but very but... uncool. But before everyone's Skype crashed and everything went wrong, uh, we were talking about uh, our favourite Skype episodes. And I think Dad went, well... And then it went, ooh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Clearly, I I was about to talk about a forbidden thing uh, that angered the god. Ah, yes. I didn't want you to say it. But you can't remember what it was, so... I think I was going to say like my favorite episodes are the ones where basically we didn't realize that. So, like you were saying, we weren't really like most of us like kind of met on Skype, like doing the podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the first time I had spoken to Ivana, Rachel, or Jill, or you, Chris. Actually, yeah. really, yeah. I mean, like uh, vocally. Yeah. Um. And. It, quite quickly like we sort of had our own like ways and and then we started we we started having guests and it was really weird like <laughs> i i felt like we had like a virtual house and i was like sitting on the sofa like not slouching and s- sitting up and we started having guests and i i think uh we've been so lucky with the the guests that we've been able to get um and like those have been uh, some of my favorite episodes. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Having David yeah. Lally was a huge one for us, especially since you know getting to talk to someone from Pixar was huge. Yeah, it was it was amazing having someone reach out to us like that, and it was like, whoa, mm-hmm. someone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> People awesome. like this. Yay! Oh, why would why why wouldn't they really? Well, there seems there seems to be quite a lot of people like us. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> based on the, the readership, the site, and everything, so we love having you guys listening. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun, <laughs> fun to do. Yeah, it's just it's just fun. Like we're hanging out and people listen. There's a bonus, and sometimes we get to talk to amazing people, and we learn a lot, and yeah. It certainly brightened up my life a bit, having this to look forward <laughs> to every week. Um, Same here. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for being a part of this. Definitely. It's been a major, like you said, major highlight every single week to part- come on this podcast, participate, talk about stuff that I've watched, and hearing about stuff that you guys watched, and stuff that you know about the different factions of the animation industry like Yvonne's insights for the independent animation and everything that she's had to work with with Annie and Tap is just phenomenal because hey I didn't know either of those things existed before coming onto this podcast and now I'm so happy that I do and then <laughs> especially for Annie that we kind of you know our website's been kind of growing along with that and just kind of working together which is phenomenal oh yeah 
Totally, totally. I mean, yeah, they're they're definitely at this. I mean, they're sibling. They're like twins. They're sibling <laughs> organizations. And they they started. They were sort of born around the same time, you know. And and um, I mean, you know, Chris 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 came up with the name Animation Nice New York. The Annie. What's <laughs> good? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that was the um, those were the time. I'm getting the hammock. Um, <laughs> yes, hammock. Yay, time. hammock time. <laughs> hammock time. Cut hammock. Time. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Hammock time. I knew it. I was waiting. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean they're like they're sibling organizations, and it's just I don't know. It's fantastic. They've just been growing, and then you know, you know. That's why it's so cool. Like animation for adults, you know, is, we'll have an award. You know, well, we'll have the official announcement. But you know, the fact that animation for adults is going to do an award for animation nights, best of fest. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, they're just it's it's terrific. I I love it <laughs> that that happened. You know, that they both yeah. uh, they're both growing and stuff. It's so cool. Well, it's good because I mean, we just you know, it's part of that's linked with the our site, you know, our site's mission, which is basically to just you know give a place for animators or people who are just passionate about animation, just kind of like a place to hang out, talk about stuff that's going on in the industry or movies, television shows, what have you, or just different ways that this you know medium can push, can continue to push the envelope on what it's you know people think it can do, and just. Right. Oh, it's just that's why I'm just so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, it's true, and and plus it's it's um you know they're both focused on animation for adults. <laughs> that's so. true. I can get that's very true. Now. Aww, <laughs> virtual hug. Yeah, Chris, a virtual hug. It was yeah, it's a beautiful thing across the oceans and the airwaves and yeah, one day. Where they will be, <laughs> will be yours. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's... Hopefully, like like an official headquarters one day, <laughs> official hangout place. Yeah. If um, we all got in actually the same room together, we'd never stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Someone would have to break it up. <laughs> like, like, okay, guys, it's time to go home. <laughs> Um, but it's the... only two in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love. I also love the um, variety of topics that we could. You know, it's all animation, but we could still talk about. I, like, we talk about like really art house stuff, and then we'll be talking about, I don't know, animals with farming wood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so happy that came up in conversation at least once on this podcast. Like, let me tell you. <laughs> and there was also a topic suggestion for one of our followers on Twitter for the anniversary episode, uh, where I said, "What should we talk about for our podcast anniversary?" And someone said, "Animals of Farming Wood," which was <laughs> which was a beautiful yeah. moment because you know it's like a little in joke there. So <laughs> it'd be like if someone said, "Jeff biscuits." <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Awesome. Our running gag. <laughs> now let's talk about the Muppets. For half an hour, exactly, and <laughs> and insult Zack Snyder. <laughs> My favorite pastime. Uh, no, I, I I completely agree because I think like the thing that I'm always like so impressed with is is how we like really have a true variety and we have 
people who are sort of experts in their own little areas of interest. Um, and it just makes for like a much richer like perspective really on like the entire animation world. Because if you, if you do just kind of focus on one thing, it's, you know, it doesn't seem like there's all that much happening, but when you realize like, you know, there's the independent scene and the short scene and, um, you know, we have quite a, a, I think we tend to have quite a good scope sort of, of an international scene as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just like, it, it's, it's always really, uh, just inspiring to talk about all this cool stuff that's happening all the time, everywhere. And learning stuff like, you know, that some of us may have not really had that much exposure to before. Like I remember I, I might've mentioned this before, but, uh, it's, it bears repeating. Um, the episode uh, in which we were going over acting and animation oh, yeah. was mm. phenomenal. It was a great... I mean, even though that was like Dan, you and Yvonne just kind of... You took the reins on that episode. <laughs> it was probably one of the best episodes to listen to. And obviously, you know, as some of our listeners can probably do a test, you know, got us, got us some clout. Mm. Because they were, you think it was, that was the episode where David yeah. Lally got in touch with us. Uh, well, I'm I'm Ed, I'm Ed pleased Hooks, it was. That was nice. Ed Hooks, yeah. I'm I mean I'm pleased it was because like it's it's almost like it wasn't it's, it's not like it was taboo or anything. It was just like a topic right. that you'd never spoken about really. Exactly. I'd yeah. About it a lot. <laughs> I'd read lots of blogs and lots of like articles and you know like Michael Spawn stuff and um, Michael Barrier stuff and all of this like you know and obviously like lots of Ed Hook stuff and internalized a lot of it but like talking about it was uh was amazing it was so much fun totally totally yeah i know you could tell we we're both desperate to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you mean i get to talk about it? <laughs> yeah that was definitely yeah. like a geek out moment it was beautiful <laughs> yeah, same. and i mean like and and like the unfortunate circumstances um around the recent um kind of uh d- death of mikiko Futaki mm-hmm. was was obviously very moving for me, but it, it, it was, I, I got to explain to everyone like why it was moving to me because oh, it was yeah. this person who had sort of like been quietly um, inspiring me for years and years. And finally, like uh, there was, uh, you know, um, in completely unfortunate and tragic circumstances, an opportunity to tell everyone. I, I can't imagine anywhere, anywhere I'd be able to do that. I mean, if I did that on, oh. I mean, if I did that to my friends, they wouldn't listen. <laughs> and if uh, <laughs> I did it on I Twitter, gotta tell I you. loads of followers, and it was, you know. I gotta tell so, you, Dan. I was. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I was. I was done. Um, I was actually because we know we have that particular part of our podcast recording that we, you you did that. Um, Chris was awesome enough to put up a separate video of that on our YouTube page also, which is pretty Mm. cool. And I was taking a look at that and having a listen just to see how it looked. And my mom comes down into the kitchen and where I'm, where I'm watching this and she, you know, normally whenever something's being watched anywhere, normally she kind of just kind of looks over and, and has a listen. Mm. And just as, just as I was turning, you know, just as it was wrapping up and I was, I noticed she was, paying attention too she just kind of gave me like nodded me and looked and said like that was really eloquent that was Aww. really well done and and who was that book who was rambling <laughs> on and on 
<laughs> no, she thought you were really awesome. <laughs> so just yeah, that just... was really good. That bit. Oh, that it was definitely was. And this is probably the only podcast where we talk about all that stuff and love joy. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> we we make the we make the wit. That's the other oh thing I love God. doing, making the stra- yeah. strangest references. Really obscure. I mean, have we have we dived in? Have, have we have we dived into like all the British preschool stuff? Have we done Tots TV and Brom <laughs> and Rosie and Jim? Has that come up yet? No, oh, I don't goodness. think so. No, no, no. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to force it. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, got to be it, authentic. When it'll it come. needs to. It'll when come. When it needs to. Yeah. <laughs> so, after we've been... If you allow us this little bit of self-indulgence to celebrate our birthday, but should we move on, try and cover some news quickly? Ish? Yeah, I don't think it was self-indulgence. I, I think it was a transatlantic group hug. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome way to put it, Dan. Yeah, that's beautiful. It was nice. Uh, <laughs> He's so yeah. eloquent. Right. I, I, think I, I think I got some <laughs> snot on your shoulder there, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, some things have happened in the animation world. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, do. They do. Um, just something that has just happened this weekend as we are recording is that uh, the Illumination film Secret Life of Pets has opened in North America, and it's only gone and broken another record, isn't it? Hey. <laughs> yeah, this this year seems to be the year for an animated films for just breaking record after record. Uh, it's made a do do it has made a hundred and three million weekend, um, which is the record opening for original animated property. Uh, it's amazing. It's only mm-hmm. so. Uh, last year, Minions opened at 115.7 million, so it's not as high as that, but obviously it's not original because it's a spin-off. Um, and, yeah, it's beat... This bit's sad. It's beaten Inside Out, which was the previous record holder from last uh, year. Wow. But, um, yeah. And Zootopia opened at 75 million, so... Um, so, lots of big opening for animated films this year. And it really is. Also, it's interesting because apparently uh, Secret Life of Pets has already made back its production budget because the thing about Illumination is they don't make uh, films that cost like a hundred odd billion dollars like Disney and Pixar and DreamWorks do. So, Well, they... I have to say good, good on them for being able to, you know, put so much work into a film and then just be able to make all that back really quickly. I'm not really surprised that it's it's been popular because it's it's got a really mm. it's got a sim you know a universally appealing idea. Like, what do your mm. pets do when you're not watching? <laughs> the title is like actually really good. It's like the pitch and the title. Mm-hmm. I mean, totally. so if you if you say to like your grand like, oh, I'm going to go see a movie called The Secret Life of Pets, she's not going to say what's that about. <laughs> she's gonna it's tell you a story you know, she'll tell you a story about her cat <laughs> yeah well there was a doc- there was a documentary that was just done recently called the secret life of kittens and i bet it was much better cause <laughs> that, that, that was amazing it was so cute really uh, is that one of those ones where they put like gopros on their necks no i don't f- no okay. uh, they, uh, they might have done at some point like when they yeah probably uh <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, well done to Illumination, I guess. And yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see how because uh, Universal bought DreamWorks, so are they gonna? And like someone from Illumination is basically in charge of DreamWorks now. Mm-hmm. So, or former Illumination so I would imagine they're probably going to try and make films cheaper which is possibly a bit worrying for <laughs> uh, people who work there um, but we shall see and mm-hmm. and it probably also means that they're going to make more sequels to successful films just because they like money so <sighs> Shrek 5 here we come <laughs> uh, oh please no I mean it's going to happen it's, it's going to be so strange after the weird sort of like second life Shrek has had as like a a meme to then really? see a movie. Yeah, like for some reason, like Shrek is like a weird meme. Like there are lots of like Twitter accounts, like and lots of like YouTube like weird poop videos with mm. Shrek and. Hmm. He's become a bit of a joke, like in in the way that he probably wasn't intended. Uh oh. Huh. Not sure uh, how I feel about that. <laughs> so about a week ago, uh, well, on July fourth weekend, it was the Anime Expo convention in Los Angeles, the biggest uh, anime convention in North America, and a bunch of news came out from there. Um, including that One Punch Man is going to be showing on Toonami from July 16th on Adult Swim on Toonami. Um, awesome! And is obviously being dubbed for that. Um, yeah, I've and... heard I've heard good things about the dub. Ah, oh, because they they uh, previewed it, didn't they? Uh, anime yeah, they did. I guess. Um, the other surprising news is that Crunchyroll, the streaming uh, anime website, is going to be moving into producing. DVDs and Blu-rays, and also doing dubs for the hmm. Blu-ray and DVDs. I don't know if they're going to be available streaming as well. Um, and they've announced a bunch of titles that they're going to be releasing, uh, which includes Cabinari at the Iron Fortress, which currently is only available on Amazon Prime, so that's kind of surprising. Um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> so it's a good pick-up. Uh, the new Berserk series, which I've heard things about, uh, mainly that it looks rubbish. <laughs> cause oh boy! They've made they made the choice of doing it CG and not not doing it very well. <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've seen bits and pieces of like footage from that, and it's just like on the surface it looked like it sh- it should be okay, but then when you actually see the character in motion, it's just like uh doesn't. Doesn't look all that great, as it cracked itself up to be. Yeah, they did that with the Berserk movies as well, and it was really disappointing, because there were bits of 2D animation that looked amazing, and then there were bits of, like, cell-shaded CG that looked poo, uh, is the technical term. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, they're releasing Twin Star Exorcist and Jintama, so those will be coming at some point in the near future. Interesting. It was like I, you didn't think that Crunchyroll would get like Blu-ray DVD releases, to, you know, considering it's all main online streaming. But they're just, huh? I guess they're another way of them expanding. I guess. Uh, basically, what happens is when 
they buy rights to things. A lot of companies will like insist that you have to buy the right all the rights. So they've ended up with like the home video rights of mm. a bunch of series, and they're like, "But we don't do home videos, so so I guess." You know, it's just a way to actually use it. They they could just sell them on, or they could um, actually make use of it. Mm-hmm. And they another way to get it. income. And Funimation is is uh, re-releasing the Ghost in the Shell to Innocence in America. Uh, they're releasing the new Makoto Shinkai feature, which is called Your Name, uh, in cinemas and on Blu-ray and DVD. And also, um, uh, Viz are going to release Sailor Moon S soon on Blu-ray and DVD. Ah, okay. I was wondering when that was going to start. And I think it's November. Uh, okay. Yeah, November, that's coming out. Um, so that's the, the big stories from Anime Expo. Very cool. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to... I've only heard rumors about the one punch man dub and but i'm looking forward to being able to see it on toonami because it was it was such an enjoyable anime <laughs> with all uh, this oversaturation of superhero uh movies and everything that this this show is just like the perfect spoof of everything that we've seen out of you know the marvel movies and dc trying to catch up everything it's just the whole competition between them it's just it's it was a real big breath of fresh air um, there's there's a new series from the creator of One Punch Man coming up this season as well. Is there? I think it's called, called like Mob One One Mob something. Like, oh yes, I think I've heard of this. It's like yeah, it's it's a mob themed series. Yeah. And I think I don't know if there's any promotional material put out for it yet, or it must be coming up soon because it's um it's summer season, and that's oh on. okay currently on so must be fairly soon all right and the story and the story that we've uh sort of hinted at earlier in the show uh is about g kids bringing a bunch of studio ghibli movies to new york new york's uh what's it called what's it called (laughs) city Village East Cinemas. Oh, Village East Cinema. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Well, yeah, the, and I'm going to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing there. Uh, yeah, you've Village got... East Lucky. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this, you've already missed Castle in the Sky and uh, Nosca. Um, but still to come is My Neighbor Totoro. Well, that's. Uh, again, you might have missed that by the time this episode comes out because it's going to be quite an edit because of all the <laughs> challenges. And Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Bonanoke, Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle, Tales from Earthsea, and From Up on Poppy Hill. So, kind of peters out a bit at the end, but... <laughs> yeah, like, where's, where's, where's Ponyo? I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering that myself. There's no Ponyo, there's no Wind Rises. Yeah. Odd choice. Yeah, but still... still that's, it, a, that's a good festival. It's always good to get a chance to see Ghibli on a big screen. Mm-hmm. I was very pleased to be able to see Totoro on the big screen for the first time and go, oh, Catbus is a boy. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to Thursdays. Actually, I referenced the Animation for Adults website um, to make sure that I um, I signed up for uh, shows with subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so, since I had a choice, so it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Do I have to say the um, Grave of the Fireflies um, the next morning? That was dubbed, and that was I. I really liked that. I, I didn't. Oh. It was really I didn't know there was good. a for that. Yeah, oh, there yeah, is. Yeah. It's quite oh, old. It's, yeah. It's because it was never released like by Disney, like everything else. It was. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there was an old. There was like a really old dub, like from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I don't know if it got redubbed because Sentai released it. I think. I think that's who's released it most recently. Yeah, I've not heard any of the old dubs. Apparently, the old Totoro one done by Fox uh, was, yeah. was. It's 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 one of those things where like like the first theatrical version of Blade Runner is like mm-hmm. some people's favorites with the um with the uh, with the voiceover with the narration from mm-hmm. from Harrison Ford, but um. Yeah, some people are really fond of like the old '80s Ghibli dubs and don't like I, the Disney ones. I I do like the um the Totoro dub because it has yeah. um, the voice of the voice of Angelica from Rugrats in it as <laughs> one of the kids. <laughs> oh, oh really? Was, oh, was the, she the, the younger one? one? Yeah, yeah, she was she was May. Um, ah, I forgot, yeah. I forgot about that. And yeah, the way the record the they as with the Disney one, they dubbed the songs, but they did a better job in the original. Um, they were done, yeah. Those were done ages ago. They were actually done for, um, for like airline screening. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, wow! And, and Carl Masek, who uh, dubbed, who was famous for Robotech, um, he he directed the dubs of those. Uh, they did that, and um, at least they did Porco Rosso. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But of course, the um, Disney dub of Porco Rosso has Michael Keaton. Yeah, that's that's kind of special. Although, here's a thing you might not know: the French dub of Poco Rosso has Jean Reno. No, really? Oh, yeah, really. Yeah. Oh my god, that's, that's so cool! That's going to be the, the best version, surely. Yes. Going <laughs> to watch it in French. Oh man, I need to see that in French now. Of course, it'd be more appropriate to watch it in Italian, but they... <laughs> they take what you um, can get. Uh, yeah, so this, if you're in New York, you should check out the Studio Ghibli Summer Festival if you can. Because it's always good to see Ghibli on a big screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, <laughs> and... Yeah, and the theatre is really pretty too. And one more anime story is that Attack on Titan Season 2 has finally got got a vague air date and it's coming out in spring 2017 it's supposed to come out this year and before that was supposed to come out before that because it's been years since the last season yeah they've been kind of just teasing it teasing it out just like because we all knew after watching the end of the the end of the very last episodes like obviously there's more coming and the manga is still going so it's just like there's got to be more to this series especially since it's so popular but they're really they're really taking their time with this one, and I, will, and I really hope that that's for the better. Well, Studio Wit have been making Cabanera instead, which is almost the same thing. 
<laughs> it's not. It's not. But it's obviously an attempt to recreate the success of Attack of Titan somehow, in mm. a lot of ways. Just they're not giant size, and it's in Japanese type setting instead of, and it's steampunk. Um, I I've started. Well, I yeah. This tells a story. I started watching one of the live action movies. Oh, did oh, you? Okay. I'm I'm gonna go back to it because I've got a review copy, so I need to <laughs> I need to finish it. <laughs> how how much of it have you seen already? Uh, about half an hour, I think. And mm-hmm. first impression? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Yeah. That that hesitant, huh? Yeah, well, God, I'm gonna finish it. I'm gonna finish it. Okay. <laughs> I'll but take your word for it. It's just the the what they've. What they've done to the characters is what's kind of annoying, uh, rather than anything else. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, Tackle High in season two, spring 2017. Look out for it. And there's a bit of uh, artwork for it, and it looks awesome. Yeah, I was looking at that piece of artwork. I was just like, oh boy. It's like, I don't know how they can ramp up the epic from what they did already, but looks like they're trying. Oh, I said there was one more anime story, but there's one more after that. And that is that Miss Hokusai is coming to uh, America this October via G-Kids. Um, hey! And that's good, because yeah. uh, it has already been picked up in the UK quite a while ago. Um, and it was supposed to be coming out in like April, but it got put back. And now I wonder if the reason it's been put back is because G-Kids normally do a dub. So Yeah, they're probably get, taking time to make sure that the dub is completed first mm-hmm. before they release. Because the last thing we thought that was going to be subtitled only was April and Extraordinary World, and they did a dub for that as well. So, yeah. To be honest, I don't, I don't get why you wouldn't. It's just because, well, it it makes it makes it um, easier sell for animation. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Sad as that may be, but that's the truth. Um, yeah, it's coming uh, to New York in LA in October, which is like a um, Academy Award qualifying run and then oh, it's going to wow, op- cool. open wider so that will be their attempt to get in an Oscar next year but it's going to be a lot of competition this year with um, Zootopia and and uh, Moana if that turns out good and Finding Dory and um, uh, Kubo so yeah it's, think... it's gonna it's, it's a big year for uh, animation and film I would Something... think Something good's gonna miss out this year. You just know. <laughs> something, <laughs> something worthy is not even gonna be nominated. We, just, we don't know what it's gonna be. Um, there was another story you wrote, up, Rachel. Yes, yes, there is. I was uh, zipping around on YouTube, and it looks like that uh, Cartoon Network has made an announcement and started uh, putting out promos for their next big. Uh, event for Steven Universe and they're basically their next big batch of uh, episodes, new episodes which is going to be premiering on July 18th and it's going to be there's going to be a new episode every single weekday for the rest of the summer what? which is pretty big it's, it's, it's at least after the past couple of uh, episode pre- new episode premieres there have been like small, relatively smaller collections of them but this seems like a relatively large number of episodes and from what the promo has uh, shown off. It looks like it's going to be 
a combination of some more of the lighthearted, fun episodes when we get to see some of the newer cast members kind of just chilling with the rest of the main cast and maybe, but maybe even de- uh, delving into some other interesting issues or topics that the show has yet to really focus on or so or the show has yet to focus on so it's I'm I'm excited I'm very excited to see where they're gonna ha- or where they're gonna take these characters especially the new ones that have been have recently joined the group yeah, and there's also Star vs. The Force of Evil coming back as well so it's kind of big TV summer for animation it seems yeah it definitely is so yeah, if you wanna um, if you wanna stay tuned for the new episodes, or they call it the Summer of Steven Universe, um, it's July eighteenth, and I believe it's gonna be seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when the episodes are gonna air. And like I said, every single weekday for the rest of the summer after the July eighteenth. So stay tuned for that. Awesome. Nice. So I think it's time to talk a bit about what we've been watching and. Eventually, we're going to get on to Finding Dory, which everyone except me is saying. <laughs> one day, Chris. One day. Right, I think it's out like next week, isn't 29th? it? 29th? No, it's week out after. 29th. 29th. Oh, okay. Week. So, week after. It's not. It's far enough. It's far enough. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been watching, I've uh, finished up watching the season 7 of Archer. Which was awesome. Uh, I talked a bit about it on the last episode or the episode before that or whenever it was. Um, <laughs> and it is the season where they become private eyes instead of spies, which is interesting. And they move to LA, LA instead of New York, I think. Or And um, it's really entertaining. There's a sort of overarching story throughout it. And the characters are always entertaining and the only thing is, it's only 10 episodes, which was not enough. Not <laughs> enough. I was unexpectedly out of episodes quicker than I wanted to be. Because <laughs> like, oh. like, I, I got through it quite quickly. And then I'm like, oh, what's next? Oh, that's the last one. Damn it. And I it heard a lot of a... good things about this particular season. Like, all my friends who watch normally watch Archer continuously like would bring it up to each other. Like, did you see that episode of Archer? And then they'd just start laughing. It's just that I'd just be sitting there in the corner like, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh. <laughs> but apparently I'm missing out on something <laughs> amazing. Once you... I mean, like, the joy with it for me is it's kind of like Arrested Development. Like, once you get oh. into its, like, rhythm... And you're in on all the jokes. It's a hoot because it's so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh. Is it? Is it still written by Adam Reed, Chris? Do you know? I think so. Because I, I when I found that out, like, I couldn't believe it <laughs> that he writes it all and he basically delivers these scripts and they get turned into radio plays and they animate them and. Yeah, it's nuts. I remember there being a while ago there was like a a rumor that they'd sacked all the cast or something. It's like, well, I don't know what happened with that because they obviously didn't. <laughs> it might have been a negotiation tactic. <laughs> we want more money, <laughs> but um, it needed it needs the cast. They're very important. The voice actors are amazing. Oh, and this season's got some extra voice actors. Uh, it's got um, Pat Oswalt in it. Uh, oh. it's got Jamie Simmons 
J.K. Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's done a lot of animations recently. He <laughs> has. Um, and I wish I don't want to get his name wrong. It is um. His name is Michael. Key, Keegan Michael Key. There we go. So yeah, and he's a funny guy. Uh, so <laughs> I, if you love Archer, then you need to see season seven, which is. If you're in the UK or have access to UK Netflix, it is on Netflix. Um, at the moment, you can only like buy individual episodes and stuff on like Amazon Video in the US. You might be able to get it on Hulu possibly if you're a subscriber. And uh, but the Blu-ray and DVD is coming out some point in the near future. So very check cool. Out, awesome. Check out Archer season seven. And I haven't really been watching a lot of other animated stuff at the moment. Uh, sorry, I'm terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of doing that thing a bit at the moment where like, well if I watch something animated I have to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, oh no, don't let it start to become work. Oh no. Which, you know, I don't actually have to. Oh, I did, I... Danger Mouse. Danger oh, Mouse. Right, the, yeah, Danger the remake Mouse. Is, is back. Uh, they've started showing new episodes of that. Um, it's still great. It's still really cool. funny. And uh, would that be really... like season two then? Is that what it is? I think yeah. I think it counts as season two. Mm-hmm. But it's actually like the f- they've had a batch of episodes because they commissioned like fifty-two episodes at once. And uh, this is they. I don't know mm-hmm. if they've used them all up or if this is still from the original fifty-two episodes or whether this because I know. I'm pretty sure that they've ordered more beyond those 52 because it's been popular. Mm-hmm. And it's also on Netflix in the US if you're interested on catching up. And yeah, it's it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's Danger Mouse. Yeah, and it's, it's really good to have because you always get like the American shows that work on two levels, uh, work for adults and kids. And there hasn't been a lot of British shows that are like that, to be honest. So mm. it's really good. It's really great to have a British show that's like that. So get a bit of British humour in it. And uh, Alexander Armstrong as Danger Mouse is really good. And Boulder Animation do brilliant animation on it. So Danger Mouse, more episodes, check them out. They're on iPlayer at the moment in the UK. Um, who wants to go next? Uh... Unless next? anyone else wants to go, I'm, I, I can go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've, I've I was away for about a week, and so uh, when I was in California, I don't know why I felt the need to do this, but um, I was basically uh, started rewatching uh, different seasons of Red versus Blue on my uh, Rooster Teeth versus Blue on my phone. Including uh, its most recent season, which they're kind of which they're doing at the moment, which uh, season fourteen, which is interesting because it's the first one that's not really focusing on any kind of uh, major story arc, and it's kind of just going back into a more like episodic kind of nature. Like you know, each episode's going to be different plot or different characters. But what's unique about it, and kind of what I really was enjoying watching uh, from Rooster Teeth this particular summer, is that they're trying a whole bunch of different animation styles with Ooh. each with each new episode. Like, the first couple were kind of um, 
in the usual style, like they kind of, you know, take the video game footage and just kind of make the characters' heads nod up and down as they talk. But just kind of showing different aspects of, like, you know, say how, say, Griff and Simmons met each other and for the first time before being recruited into uh, the Blood Gulch Red Army. And, um, but then they're also, like, the different focuses on other characters as well. But just, it's it's different each time. Like, I remember one, one that really stood out to me was, I think, was this really creative um, stop-motion style where it looked like all the characters were Lego counterparts of themselves. Ooh. And, like, this, this you know, kid comes into the uh, room and takes a whole bunch of them out to the yard to start experimenting, doing, like, you know, kid stuff experiments on them. And they're just like, oh, no, we have to run away! And more <laughs> hij- hijinks ensue because it's the red versus blue characters. And, and I think one of the most recent ones that they did was a really interesting kind of CG original animation of uh, two of the antagonistic characters from the previous uh, trilogy, which is really cool to look at. Very stylized. So it's, it's really it's really nice to see uh, Rooster Teeth really kind of, you know, flexing their muscles about what they can uh, do animation-wise, and it's, it's really fun to watch. Didn't it, didn't it just start, like, using footage from Halo? <laughs> That's that what room. I was gonna say. Like, I remember watching these, um, like Red versus Blue. I had a bunch of friends who were like really. I didn't even own an Xbox, but I had a bunch of friends who were so into Halo, and like mm-hmm. playing it on Xbox Live. And they started showing me these videos, these Red versus Blue videos, where like people were just like doing comedy, but like with Halo characters. Basically, yeah, it was they were just yeah. using the um, the versus mode in uh, Halo Combat yeah. Evolved to just basically mm. try and film these just really comedic scenarios of just spoofing the whole idea of just dumping these two different colored teams into a box canyon with no way and to go in or out. And it was like all of the cameras were like done using like the first person like camera basically in yeah. the in-game engine and um. All of like the acting was done like it was. I guess it was mm-hmm. like a play, like it was live. They had to gather people right. online and record them, and everyone had to be like in the right, like hit their marks at the right yeah. time. Yeah, well, they, that did that was done a lot with World of Warcraft, right? Oh, really? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of like little. I can't think of any specific. I should actually look those up because it's been a really long time. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it was the same type of thing. Like there'd be like in-game, like movies made. Some of it was cut up, but um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how much of it was live. But uh, yeah, same type of thing. So like, it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, the magic, the magic of machinima. I know, I know. That makes me sentimental. I want to play, go play a game. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, I haven't actually seen like their recent stuff. Oh, it's, I've only it's seen really like the good. really. I guess what are uh, what are now the really old red versus blue episodes. I didn't know that they branched. I know that they don't. They <laughs> they use like source filmmaker now to make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've, um, they've been changing to a bunch of different uh, filming programs. But it really, for me, red versus blue didn't really turn a corner. I mean, it was still funny and it was still great, but it really turned a corner when they brought on Montague as head of animation, and that's and he brought his own little uh, flair to the particular seasons he was involved in, which I think was about I think it was around season nine. I think they brought him on, and then basically that's when they really actually started, you know, taking the character models and doing their own like action sequences with them. Like you see, like one of the very first ones that you see is where um, Griff 
drives a warthog jeep through a solid cement wall and into a guy, another guy. And then this whole other action sequence just kind of spins off from there. And it just, it, it was really awesome to see as it just continues to change. And as, even though Montium, unfortunately, is no longer with us, he's definitely left an inspirational mark on the rest of Rooster Teeth. And they've, they believe their head of animation now is, uh, you know, brought another, that similar kind of idea where they're not doing just for action sequences anymore, but also just like little character gestures and stuff to add to the humor. It's really good. So how many seasons are there now? Uh, they're currently doing... Uh, they're currently on their 14th season, but um, mm-hmm. there have been a multitude of different ones. Each... Uh, like, it really... Because there is a general story behind red the whole red versus blue thing. Um, it, it really does... It really is hard to pick up because the first five seasons are your, your, just your general kind of... You know, our, you know, the idiot characters are up to their usual stupid antics and parodying, like, different aspects of the Halo uh, story. But then it really actually started picking up a plot line. I think it was on their sixth season onward. And then they just started experimenting more with the animation, like I said, and it uh, follows a plot line of just these characters getting involved in uh, something actually pretty big and substantial in their particular universe. So, And I think it's to the point where they're actually kind of making things like, oh yeah, this is all happening in the Halo world, legitimate kind of deal. Like, making more and more references to stuff that actually happened in the video games. Which is really wild. Yeah, that's so cool how that's, like, evolved and really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, it's, it's, um... It's, it's yeah, it's it's crazy that that it's, it is just crazy to me that that is still a thing. Like these little, like you know, like really unbelievably modest, <laughs> like uh, productions that mm-hmm. people made by uh, uh, like hooking up over like a an online multiplayer game is now mm-hmm. like a, its own little animation uh, empire. <laughs> it really it is. is. Yeah, it's like, I, I dare you to look at, like, between the very first episode of Red vs. Blue and then, like, jumps to, like, say, like, the very ending of season 13 and just looking at the difference between then and now. It's, mm. it's, it's just mind-boggling. And the only other thing I had time to watch this week, which I kind of just started on a whim, but once I did, I couldn't get myself to stop watching it. <laughs> was um, I went on to Funimation's new streaming site and I got to watch all 13 episodes of one of their new uh, their new Shonen series that came out in uh, this spring called My Hero Academia. Um, it's another it is another superhero themed uh, anime but and, you know, it's really a lot of the stuff. It's also an underdog story, which is, you know, you, we've seen them all before. But I don't know. There's just something the way that Studio Bones is just handling this story. Oh, Bones. Yep, Studio Bones is, in, is animating this series. And, oh, wow. Like, there's so many sequences of animation in this that just really had my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's you can feel the intensity. In some in some of the certain situations where they things get really serious and just like it's it's really awesome to look at. But the um the 
you want me to go into the premise, or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the setting is basically an alternate uh, universe Earth where, for some undescribed reason, people just started becoming, you know, superpowered. Very much like the uh, X-Men universe. Basically, people just started mutating and uh, just started getting these really strange powers. And where the story begins, more than 80% of the world's population now have these powers. And they're all unique to every different individual. Where only 20% are just still, you know, your average run-of-the-mill people. Um, The main protagonist, Izuku Midoriya, he is one of that 20%, but he is very... He admires the whole heroic profession that seems to have sprung up from all these super-powered, you know, uh, society in order to combat, you know, people misusing their abilities. And he wants to be more a superhero more than anything. Much like uh, his idol. He's a, he's a muggle, basically. He is a, yes, he is a muggle. He's a muggle at Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's through his encounter with actually one of his uh, all-time favorite heroes who goes by All Might that he actually gets his opportunity to actually follow his dream and become a superhero but not before proving himself and then basically it seems like the rest of the story is going to be him learning how to use his new abilities and we also you know compete against his other classmates who are looking for the top spot it's just a really creative looking uh series with all of the different like just the just the singular class that uh Izuku finds himself in like all the all these different kids have really unique designs to them and are really really interesting to watch even though like a lot of them don't get too much development save like Izuku and like a handful of others um especially the um the uh quote unquote rival character is uh it's very interesting cuz he starts off as the most popular kid in his school well, you know, cuz he's had this really really dangerous really impressive superpower then he gets to this superhero academy, and because he's such a big jerk, always bullying Izuku, he is now, like, one of the big jokes of the classroom, while Izuku, because he's such a genuinely nice person and wants to, you know, be an authentic hero, he's the one getting all the praise and is now the popular kid in the class. It's just a really interesting character dynamic, and I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, being taken through to its second season, which has already been announced, but they haven't decided, they haven't said what date it's going to be yet. I didn't know it's Studio Bones, so that's made me more interested immediately, because they're good. <laughs> oh, they're, they they did a very, very good job with this series. And I also, no, I, I, I need to... Out. I also need to um, also give props to whoever did the um, the music for this series also, because I don't know why, but there are at least one or three different songs that they play in uh, this, this series that just get stuck in my head, and I just can't get them out. <laughs> and just really epic, grand-sounding soundtrack. Cool. So it's a very, very cool series, and if you have an opportunity to check it out, I would highly recommend checking out on Funimation's website. It's um, The dub was simulcast, I think along with yeah. the actual uh, episodes when they were premiering in, J- in Japanese. So if you're already uh, subscribing to Funimation, you'll get the dub episodes right away. Um, I, unfortunately, am not so, have not subscribed to them yet, but so I, I watched basically everything in Japanese, which is great, but I also got to sample a little bit of what the dub was like, and it's also really freaking good. 
Cool. So yeah, check it out if you have the time. Nice. Um, before we move on to finding Dory, uh, Vaughn, did you want to talk about? Well, if you got anything left to say about Cast in the Sky, or do you think you, <laughs> you did? You talked about it. But I don't know. Do you want to say any more? Or? I know <laughs> the the um, can of worms was open. No, the, <laughs> I couldn't stop talking. Um, yeah, it was a great film. But um, I also I saw one other just last night. I got to see. Um, uh, Tommy Stathis had a screening. I've been meaning to see another one, um, and he had a, a really terrific screening. Um, screening number forty-six of Cartoon Carnival was Boozers and Bruisers. <laughs> so there are all these like prohibition um, uh, dated uh, early silent films, um, oh, or excellent. not silent. Yeah, it was all people um, boozing and then a lot of a lot of violence <laughs> and um yeah it was pretty neat they had um i missed the one before because i was like too busy at some conflict um schedule conflict but he's been um working with another gentleman showing um not they're not animated they're live action um but i i'm definitely gonna go check some of those out too they're um comedy films uh with uh, i wish i could remember more detail offhand it was just like basically it was just kind of you got to see Coney Island, um, like old footage of Coney Island, and basically it's just like reminds you that human beings have not changed at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I mean? love like, anything that can do that. Anything that is like Victorians yeah. behaving badly is just oh, the best, isn't it? It's so good. Like throughout the movie, it's just like men and women rolling around on Coney Island rides, which sadly those don't exist anymore. But um, you know, in in dresses and <laughs> and, uh, and suit these coats are old, and... these are old movies. Yeah, yeah, they're like old oh. films um, around the time of I guess um, when Laurel and Hardy were uh, super popular. There was a um, female um, comedian team. I'm sorry, I'll have more information about this. It was just sort of um, they mentioned it briefly and then played the one film. It was like a carryover from the last. Uh, program of films and then they they started up with the um the animated short films um but uh, it was it was really great i mean i'm gonna the slapstick comedy show is, is what it's called i'm gonna um we can put a link in the show notes I'll, I'll send you those but um it looks really good i'm gonna have to check more of those out but yeah it was great um he set up at the uh city uh, reliquary in uh, williamsburg and it was this cool outdoor space um with a um, a little bar and outdoor seating, and um, we managed to miss the rain, and then we got dumped on because he plays these films are like the real item. There he plays; he has his reel-to-reel projector and runs it and plays the actual films that he's found mm-hmm. himself because he's a historian and archivist. Isn't that something? So that is um, crazy, awesome. Yeah, it's really neat, and um. You know, he's going to do uh, a panel uh, for the Animation Night's Best of Fest, but we're also going to um, incorporate some of his films, I think, in the programs moving forward. We had talked about doing that before, but um, I just think that would be really great to, you know, maybe incorporate at least one of his films, either occasionally or maybe every show, who knows. But how cool would that be? <laughs> I think yeah. really awesome. Yeah, I mean, those would be probably digital um files but yeah what he's doing is is really fantastic and uh yeah um we can add a link to he's he's actually got a blu-ray that's uh up for for purchase but um he's doing really great work and it's it's been a a labor of love and he really knows this stuff so um, plus he's Mm -hmm. a good guy 
<laughs> but yeah, we should um, try him, try and have him on. I think, uh, I think we were talking about this before. I think there may be an interview in the works with him. But um, yeah, yeah. He's he said he'd ha- be happy to uh, to come on the podcast, so he'd be a great guest. <laughs> but yeah, those films are terrific. <laughs> yeah, totally. But there were um yeah, there's some uh some old Popeye cartoons along with the earlier uh Bobby Bumps stuff and and uh <laughs> there were some old Popeye films which threw me back to like I remember it like threw me back to my own childhood cuz we used, childhood cuz we used to watch sort of reruns of Live at the Bijou, I think, or something like that. Anyway, it was like we only had a couple of channels, and those would come on. And I, I swear to God, I had like a childhood flashback as I watched <laughs> I think I remember being hypnotized by these old animations. Um, but and then there were a couple. Uh, oh, there was one old Looney Tunes film that he played that was, of course, great. Chuck Jones. Um, but yeah, it was fun. It was a fun time. And then we all went and uh, had some. Coffee at the diner, or I had coffee. Coffee and I had coffee and apple pie. But um, yeah, good night, really good night, and um, uh, fun time. Everyone should check that out too if you're in the New York City area. And uh, oh, and and I should actually announce, yeah, we have a. I don't know when this will come out, but regardless, I'll just say it anyway. We have a screening July this Wednesday is the next Animation Nights of New York screening. Oh yeah, my mom's birthday. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We have to announce it or put it on the program <laughs> in small print. <laughs> well, I'll be putting those programs together um, today and tomorrow, so I'll, I'll definitely remember to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Should we yeah, put her probably first not coming out just... in time. Lynn, I don't uh, Lynn. Uh, Lynn. Okay, L Y N. How do you spell it? L Y N L Y N Oh L Y N N Okay no E or anything L Y N N No just one N It's short for Linda <laughs> Oh gotcha L Y N Yeah Yeah Um yeah That's this so probably good. won't come out in time <laughs> <laughs> That's okay This okay. edit's gonna be gonna be oh I don't know Where's the shot It's gonna be complicated <laughs> It is it might come out in seven bits. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, um, and besides watching Finding Dory, I did actually go back and watch. I was able to watch Finding Nemo too. Um, ah. Part yesterday and the rest of it today. And uh, interesting. Yeah, I had to. I had to. Yeah. Yeah, I've been meaning to rewatch it before, beforehand. Yeah, I really wanted to like check out the the rig. You know the huge developments in the rig rigging mm. and uh, and mm. materials and stuff, just to sort of see, you know. But um, yeah. So I have some opinions about that. <laughs> about the uh, comparing the two films. I mean. Cool. <laughs> um, Dan, you went to see Funny Dory, but you also went to a Q and A. Ooh. I did. Today. Nice. Yeah, yes. it was it was a lovely day. Um, I also saw some other things like I I don't know uh, I can I talk about them really quickly? Yeah, yeah. I mean I'm not going to keep you guys all night, <laughs> um, but I finished watching um, Space Patrol Lulico. Uh, the, um, oh, 
yeah. new, <laughs> new-ish uh, Trigger show. Um, yeah. Which is, I think it's, I don't know how many episodes there were because it's so confusing. There were about, I think there were four seasons in the end. Oh yeah, but they're like three episodes <laughs> each. But, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, I think there must be maybe. Oh no, hang on, I do know how many episodes there are. There are about thirteen or fourteen, I think. It's and there's like a standard season, but they just ripped it into little bits mm-hmm. just because the... just to take the piss, really. And each one is about seven minutes long, and it's like really hype. Like, so Trigger is the old Gainax crew, the guys who made FLCL, and um. You know, that's 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 their and dead leaves like that's where they come from, um, and it's directed by Hiroyuki Imaishi, who directed. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He directed, you know, Panty Stocking, and he's he's um he's like one I've of the an article on him star animators. Oh, really? The Anime Limited's blog, yeah. Really. Um, about yeah. I don't know. I don't know too much about him, but I I very like very early on. Uh, into like getting into Gainax, I knew who he was because his animation is so distinct. He's usually like the guy to use lots of bizarre, bonkers like uh, um, uh, like snappy animation. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually like really influenced by this old guy called um, uh, Yoshinori Kanada, who was like the closest you get to a superstar Japanese animator. He was apparently like, the, I think he died in like 2009 and he, but he was like, apparently like the coolest guy. And there's a story about like, um, uh, when Miyazaki met him, like he was dancing at a club and like, uh, Kanada was just like throwing all these shapes. And Miyazaki was like, guy with those shapes has got to be a good animator. <laughs> nice. Um, that story might have like evolved in my head a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's not too far away from apparently what really happened. Fifth hand. Anyway, Space Patrol Lunico <laughs> is like these. Each episode is about seven minutes long, so it has like a kind of energy which you would kind of associate with um, FLCL, but it's it's like super compressed, and the sort of like storytelling is. There's there's this there's a saying that a few people like I've I've heard mentioned, which is that um, uh, feature animation is like classical music, and TV animation is like jazz because you get to work really quickly and you get to try new things and it's very fast and you can be a bit experimental, and I think I would definitely call what they are doing like jazz because they within one episode you have a whole array of different types of storytelling techniques. You know, they'll, they'll have like really detailed animation one, one second and then very like comic booky like compositions. The next where it almost looks like peanuts, Mm. the old peanut shorts and like the energy I just, I just loved. But the thing I didn't expect was that the last few episodes actually tied it up. I wouldn't, I mean, I'd struggle to call it a story. I mean, it, I, that's probably unfair. It is a story. It's a very loose story, but it, it it's, it's more like as a piece. It, it 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 has a very nice beginning, middle, and end going on, and it actually like ended up telling like a really great like 
hero story, like a really traditional, like huh. Joseph Campbell, like Star hmm. Wars kind of story about a reluctant hero who doesn't want to do something and wants <laughs> to be one thing, but turn, you know, has a destiny and doesn't really embrace it. And it's, it's, I mean, it's a great like series, and because it's fourteen episodes, you can probably bomb it in a lazy uh, morning or something. Uh, so yeah, I really, I'm really pleased I finished it because, uh, it's a fun cartoon, but it's also like a really good story in the end. And I was like kind of touched by it and I didn't expect all of the tonal, uh, changes to go on where it became really, really silly. And then there's one episode, which is like almost really, really bleak. Uh, did you, did you watch it all, Chris? No, no, I've only watched like two or three episodes, but I... I do intend to carry on because it's it's easily my favorite thing they've done since Panty and Stocking with Garth Belt, mm-hmm. um, which is like the same director. And if you don't know that series or if you like that series, then watch that. If you don't know it, and <laughs> check this out if you if you do know that and uh, and you liked it. Um, so yeah, I was really pleased I I finished that. Um, and like just really just really quickly, um, I. Uh, Speaking of, how can I started watching um, Neon Genesis Neon Genesis Evangelion? Oh, or however you choose to say. It. <laughs> no, you um, got it right. You, um, you said it right. And um, <laughs> I only watched the first episode actually in the week, and it, I was really not expecting uh, it to be like so tonally over the place. Not in a bad way, but it was there were lots more like comedic moments than I than I remembered. I remember it being a really sad show. Well, yeah, um, uh, well, it gets there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it get, and it gets there in the first there. episode as well. But that was interesting, and I'm going to keep watching that because I um I'm getting old and I don't like new things, and I'm just going to go <laughs> my old things and you know listen to the same old records again and read the same old books and. You know, recycle the same ideas in my head. Because <laughs> I, I know that they were they, they were redoing. <laughs> I really do need to watch. <laughs> like movies, right? Like they had those different movies that came out. Yeah, and you know what? Mm-hmm. It, as part of my like old man like uh, stubbornness, I I watched the first one and I was like, this is stupid. I've seen <laughs> I've seen even on before. <laughs> if I'm gonna rewatch it, I'm gonna rewatch the series. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard they they kind of are completely retelling the story by now. Yeah, uh, second movie it goes a different way. I fell asleep. And then, the second movie when I bought it, and the, and then the third movie goes mental. Mm-hmm. Because it wouldn't be Neon Genesis Evangelion if it didn't go mental at some point. And also, it wouldn't be a trigger show without lots of uh, going back to Space Patrol Lulico. It wouldn't be a trigger show without lots of riffs on Evangelion imagery. Oh, yeah. They love... I'll leave it there. They love I mean, spoofing that. Yeah. You'll, you'll yeah, see. but they... But they include loads of stuff on their more recent stuff as well, don't they? I think there's loads of Kill the Kill stuff coming later. Mm-hmm. In. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's a... Not to completely spoil it, there's a whole episode of Lulico where they get some very good reuse out of um, Little Witch Academia backgrounds. <laughs> oh, do you, do you know the TV series... There's going to be a TV series, a Little Witch, Little Witch Academia, and it's Netflix have already got rights to it. I am oh, so amazing. excited for that. That's great. That's great. 
I I I I love their stuff so much because um uh Yo Yoshinari who who uh who 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 created um Little Witch Academia him and Hiroyuki Imaishi have sort of like been uh working like partners for a while and their philosophy is they don't actually like anime they don't like serious anime they're really big fans of western animation and they, they, whenever they talk about their stuff, they always say, no, we want to make cartoons. We want to mm-hmm. make, like, fun, bright cartoons. And I think that's really what Space Patrol Lilico is and what Little Witch Academia kind of is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I love their stuff. And that's it. But, <laughs> but I, I, also, <laughs> me. I, also, I also didn't know that um, Little Witch Academia was, like, a space... The original one was mm-hmm. like a training exercise for young animators. Or... Yeah. yeah, actually, the um, the Blu-ray that you could get uh, when you signed up to the Kickstarter had a making of on it. I think you can probably find it online now. Um, and that's a really fascinating insight into just how much you don't want to be in the Japanese animation industry because it's kind of a rough place it's like it's 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 rough and there's there's a very i mean like it's japan so there's a strong um like work ethic anyway but Mm um yeah it looks very uh tough and and it's 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 one of those documentaries that gives a very a little bit like the zootopia documentary that was kicking around uh at the end of last Hang on, was it in the end of last year or beginning, yeah, beginning this, of this earlier, year? Earlier this year. Sorry, yeah. 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 Um, it, was, it wasn't long after the movie came out. The one that was made that by Diffusion. Sorry, Rachel. I was just saying, it's like it, that that documentary came out not too long after the film did. Yeah. Uh, it, was only, it was only a couple of months ago. It's just this year feels like the longest <laughs> oh, no. thing ever. Oh, no. You've already reminded us all of 2016. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's a similar kind of warts and all documentary where they just like show like how tired people get and how many times they have to redo things and uh, things like that. Uh, but in a weird sort of way, like if you like that stuff, it's also very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, should we get on to what is meant to be our main topic? I guess. Should, should finding we do that? Dory. Should we go on finding Dory? Yep, I've got nothing. Well, uh, you might not. <laughs> I haven't it. seen I'll, it. I'll, um, so uh, you haven't seen it, Chris. No. So for anyone else who haven't seen it, we're not going to go too far into like second. Uh, we're not going to spoil things past like second trailer stuff, right? Yeah, I, I mean it, we can if we really want to, but uh, or if there's anything to really be discussed around that, but. Um, I, I, See, this is like the weird thing. I don't know if it's the sort of movie where, like, things it's 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 like it's like spoiling a Charlie Chaplin film. It's like oh, yeah. there's a bit where a funny thing happened, and you wouldn't believe this moment. But overall, yeah. you're not gonna like undo the magic trick or the yeah. you know, journey like for someone who's yet to see it. Gotcha. Um, but I had a great yeah. morning. Um, went to uh, um, a screening in London of Finding Dory uh, and um, there was also a masterclass 
um, which was which was like uh, a lecture almost from Andrew okay. Stanton, the director, about like the development of the story, really, and the, yeah. and the process that goes into um, making the film on his part from 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 his level, and he he brought us through the process of uh, how they made the first scene how many iterations there were of that first scene, how long it took to find it, how scarily close to the deadline they were before they <laughs> cracked the story. Um, and it was like, it was altogether like inspiring and um, stirring and terrifying to listen to. <laughs> uh, this giant ship that he was, uh, you know, had to, had to steer and turn and, you know, dodge all kinds of obstacles. Uh, His own little uh, ocean adventure, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just realized I can't really go too far into that without spoiling the story, because he gave it to us after um, we watched the movie. Mm, okay. Um, Still, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to, like, the whole... Like, because I know... I discussed before that at least I know Ellen DeGeneres had been wanting this movie for a long time, which is, I know why she, right. she turned in such a really strong performance in this movie is because, you know, she had, there was a lot of emotional connection with this story and with the character she portrays. But at the same time, it's like, I'm wondering, like, and that we know that was kind of like on the back burner mm. in terms of ideas that they could do, but I really want to know what was the, where, at what point that where they decided like, oh, okay, this can work. We can do this. Um, well, the story as Andrew Stanton told it today was he shopped around. So he, he, um, he did the marketing tour for Finding Nemo and he didn't watch it for like six years afterwards. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I think like 2011, he said that he watched it again. And... He was he was so far away, you know. He he was talking about when you make something, how impossible it is to see it from the other side. Mm-hmm. And he says he'll never be able to do that. But he just about managed to watch it in the most objective way he could after not seeing it for for that for that long. And he, the film ended, and he just kept on thinking about what was happening to those characters after the film ended. And he was very attached to Dory, and he he just kept on thinking about her and thinking like, what's what's going on with her? Like, you know, she's she's still because there are a few lines at the start of the movie, uh, Finding Nemo, where she says, "Oh, I've lost my family, and mm-hmm. I, all the people were looking for me," or something like that. And he said, like that, just kept on like digging at him, and and in reality, um, he said fundamentally like there's a real sadness to dory uh which is hinted at i think a fair amount in finding nemo oh yes Uh, but he really wanted to explore it and he said i mean he he, (laughs) i got so he told the story that he basically just pitched so (laughs) he he told the story (laughs) of his pitch to john lasseter and the other pixar uh, executives and their, their their brain trust. He basically his pitch was finding Nemo, uh, f- sorry, finding Dory, and he said, okay, so John Lasseter's face lit up, 
because <laughs> because it's a sequel to a movie that did really really well and lots of people loved nice. it. But he said, like for himself, he knew that was easy, right? Mm-hmm. But keeping their attention for the next twenty minutes as he went on to tell the actual story of what the movie was going to be was going to be like his his challenge, basically. And from the sound of things. There were lots and lots of different versions of this movie um, before the version that we know as the movie now. Um, originally, he said it was something like um, his uh, her parents had short-term memory loss as well. Oh, and hmm. there was a version where the whale, the whale shark, um, Destiny, was mm-hmm. actually adopted by. Dory's parents after she went missing <laughs> because they had such bad short-term memory loss that they didn't <laughs> even know that she was not one of them and you know the right size or anything like that and he was thinking wouldn't it be like interesting if Dory went back to them and suddenly had to contend with like what was essentially her sister now and uh, negotiate you know where she fits into this and Oh, you adopted her. I thought you said you'd never forget about me and all of this. Mm. But that's sort of proved uh, too 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 much and too complicated. And he says, you know, we're writing scenes where three characters had short-term memory loss and it was neither <laughs> interesting and it was neither funny or <laughs> productive, obviously. Yeah, if you have so many characters like that in the same room, obviously like, you're not gonna you're it's gonna it's gonna stop the movie dead. Yeah. Which is why I'm really happy with what they ended up doing in, in the uh the film. Which yeah. is basically, you know, her, her parents are relatively normal and are just really super supportive of her. Yeah, but I don't know. The thing is okay. I the okay. thing is there's no explanation really about why she has you know you know what i was really hoping to see and i sort of mentioned this a while back like i had a prediction about (laughs) involvement of like the great garbage patch or whatever that's called like the huge oh yeah because i was thinking that they would tie in because if you look at i mean granted okay like i just rewatched finding nemo and there's Mm -hmm. so the levels of that story there's like level upon level upon level of humor Mm-hmm. Like every single, you know, there are like gags everywhere, but they, but they're able to also have it flow. So you're just mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, it's just, there are many more levels. And I thought, cause there's no explanation. It's just like, she's born that way. <laughs> and I don't know. I kind of, I was a little bit disappointed by that. Cause I thought there would maybe be more of an explanation, you know, and, and uh, okay. Like maybe it would be a little bit cliche to sort of involve pollution or something but they do seem to kind of touch on that and it made me wonder if it if that wasn't part of the original narrative or at some point in the story room they maybe thought about that because you know they've got that whole Uh, scene with the with the um the like six-pack can ring like sort of around her you know so they sort of yeah yeah (laughs) um, one thing i actually appreciated about the movie very much was it had a kind of naturalism about it where it wasn't I, I mean, I went into the movie pretty much not knowing very much about it, but mm-hmm. being conscious of the fact that like an environmental message might come up, and right. I'm so glad that it didn't, and it didn't have anything yeah. to do with that. And it was almost about um, 
you know, about like making do with wherever you are and it not being bad if you were yeah. born in captivity or not. Or and it's it, it sort of loses that. I'm sorry. It's it's it sort of loses that natural. I mean, Finding Nemo actually was the film that had the more natural. Like even the challenges the fish come up against, they're yeah. they're grounded in real life. Like Nemo's mm-hmm. got to stop the filter so the you know the aquarium gets disgusting. So it's about putting a rock in the filter. You know what I mean? Everything's oh, like so small. There's a it's scale. So yeah. And 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 in this one, it's like. Uh, Okay, sport. let's just say, you know, the animals are put in these positions that are um, um, highly exaggerated <laughs> situations, right? So I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind that. I really didn't because, no. I mean, Finding Nemo is pretty cartoony. There's, for God's sake, there's a whole part where a shoal of fish turn into, like, signs and the bigger fish. And you, do you remember that scene where Marlon yeah, no, with all like the, the whole school of fish all turning yeah. like one turn, like they turn into a ship, they turn into like a big exactly. giant clownfish. Yeah. It's just like with yeah, but it's still within the environment of the ocean. You know what I okay. mean? Like in the universe of the ocean, not um, there's a, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of oxygen exposure <laughs> in the new one too. I don't know. These are just things that popped out to me. That's all, and it yeah. seemed like. It was like a little bit pushed in, 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 it was just interesting. And because, you know, looking back at the original movie, it's just like, well, okay, you know, maybe the, the rigs aren't quite as complex. Um, but there's something, I don't know, the story seemed way more intricate. <laughs> you know, I, and the levels I, I, of. Yeah, I know what you mean. I couldn't really figure out whether. So basically, I, I think Finding Nemo is one of the best stories that Pixar has. Yeah. And because it's it's kind of like you you know when 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 you're being facetious with someone and you're like or or if you if you see someone and they're behaving a certain way and it's kind of disturbing or 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 kind of in some way dysfunctional rather that's mm-hmm. disturbing is not the right word dysfunctional you know that that thought runs through your mind sometimes like what happened to you like what like <laughs> what the hell made you like that and the great thing about finding nemo is you get to ask that question and you get to know the answer about marlin mm-hmm. and about nemo mm-hmm. marlin is like that because he lost his wife and all of his kids apart from one and nemo is like that because that man who lost his wife and his kids is his father mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he has a physical and a um a personal uh handicap his his little um his little fin mm-hmm. right so like the characters have that and also dory has that there's something something yeah. happens to her but she kind of works as a character in 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 the first movie and the setup of finding dory for me didn't quite have one of those extra like questions about the characters right um i mean the characters were great and they were i i kind of think they were the same characters they were they were yes. marlin was marlin nemo was nemo and but also like it must have been so hard because nemo has to be <laughs> nemo marlin has to be marlin but also finding nemo the movie has to have happened to them right like they have to have been through that development so Marlin is slightly more adventurous. Nemo is slightly um, less 
uh, under the constant watchful eye of Marlin. And so, like, that must have been, like, impossible. And I really couldn't... um, I really couldn't uh, ever settle with whether Finding Nemo had happened to these characters or not. It's such a weird thing to explain, but for some reason, like, the Toy Story movies don't have that problem in the same way. Uh, and, And the question of who these characters were just kept on distracting me in the movie a lot. Hmm. I did yeah. not have that problem. Oddly enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, some of the newer characters, the, uh, uh, Hank, that's his name, right? Oh, I love the that octopus. octopus. I mean, he was fantastic, but, and he was really flushed out and developed, but, like, even, say, like, the turtles in Finding Nemo had such mm-hmm. a huge place, you know? Like, mm-hmm. every kind of, it was more of a, like, a mythological journey, Mm-hmm. It had that kind of depth, right? Yeah. So every every um, encounter they would have taught some sort of mini lesson, right? Until until uh, and it just and the, it would build and build and build. And and I didn't really, um, I mean, not to say that there weren't some really terrific characters and had some really funny moments and stuff. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but I was kind of left at the end thinking. Actually, I just of course like had a little bit of discussion last night with um someone uh after tommy's thing and 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 his point to me was uh because it was you know i wasn't sure like it wasn't necessary he didn't feel like the movie did a good enough job of sort of being um justifying itself um narratively um and, and you know i don't know if i agree with that wholeheartedly um but it did kind of i don't know i guess for me it sort of boils down into boils down to they're being like compared to the other movie, which was so amazing. <laughs> so mm-hmm. It's kind of not fair. Um, I felt like there was like a little bit less uh, of that um, layered story, that kind of sense of um, the hero's journey with all these other elements um, added in. And right. then not really an explanation. Like I kind of, you know, and not the, like, I know it would be cliche to have some sort of, like, environmental thing happen. However, I think they could have figured a way. <laughs> maybe for that not to be the reason, but something. You know what I mean? Like, to have something, maybe it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the environment necessarily. But, mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there should have been an explanation. or so, Something hearing... to make it, yeah, have give it some more depth, I guess. Okay. Just kind of lack depth a little bit. I, I remember hearing a story uh, during the production, like, a few years ago that, um, Andrew Stanton watched that movie Blackfish mm-hmm. documentary. Ah, yes. And yeah. that apparently made him do a massive U-turn in the story. And I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know quite what it relates to. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's I thought that was that, that was interesting. And may, maybe it had something to do with the fact that the... Um, you know the uh, the water park where they end up is their motto is um, rehabilitation something and release. Right. Uh, I mean, one thing I, I did really love how the humans. I mean, and this was kind of uh, it sort of touched on the thing that was happening over and over and over again in Finding Nemo. Is yeah. one thing they did do, do is like you know like the humans kept interfering. You know, so it's like that was that was the one running theme that I really enjoyed. It's just like there was less mm-hmm. of it. 
than there had been in the earlier movie. But that theme of like humans either totally disrupting or humans yeah. um, just messing up the whole like this fish has got something to do today. <laughs> unintentionally, one of the unintentionally unintentional. Yes. Messing. Exactly. Whether it's yeah, yeah, like they were like the weather. Hands. They were, they, yeah, were exactly. they were so unpredictable and yeah. like, just impassive to yeah everything. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the the question of the story is so strange because um, I, when the movie finished, Finding Dory finished, I wasn't sure if I had been watching it in the right way. How so? Um. Well, it it so the question was sort of like opened out when we went uh when we went back for the Q and A and Andrew Stanton's lecture, and um he was talking about Finding Nemo and how that was very much like like you're saying Yvonne like a a hero's journey like a real Odyssey uh story where you know the journey was the destination and all of this. And there were these very strong, like mythological elements going on. Yeah. Um, and for him, he was saying that Finding Dory was like more of a fairy tale, mm-hmm. and that kind of like so that kind of for me like fits into the tone. So you're saying like the the unbelievable nature of a few things that happen in the movie um, is more like a fairy tale. But also, it kind of he he was talking about like the forest is a fairy tale motif, and the and, path, yeah, and the paths that kept the paths, reemerging, yeah, and, and the, um, the, the the I mean the like the paths, the paths that were laid down sorry, and paths, found yeah. over and over again. Um, right, yeah, 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 exactly. It's the um, it's the 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 trail like of birdseeds, <laughs> or yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or um, yeah, it's Hans and Gretel, or, but also the um, the kelp. Uh, mm. uh, oh my goodness! What was it called? The the kelp. Uh, uh, is it called farm or? or I, no, it's not called kelp farm. The 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 green forest. The green forest that Dory found herself in is is right. like yeah, it's, it's literally is, called a kelp forest, I think. Right. Okay. It's like mythologically like the forest where it was dark, and she found herself there, and she didn't quite know how she ended like. At the start of the movie, she ends up there. The young Dory ends up there, and she, and it, it um, the scene just starts like with her in it, like a dream. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, how did I get here?" And you're like, "How did she get there?" It's and, so I, yeah. One thing that I did love about that is just how helpless, like how depressing, like what a depressing story. <laughs> right and just like and time goes by you know and you're just kind of yeah. like holy yeah. shit like and really the that started. That. but then on the other hand part of me was like well shouldn't that have sort of like why is she is it the short-term memory loss that's keeping her so upbeat it's like it's like someone with alzheimer you know like the joke about alzheimer's yeah. is like you meet new and interesting people every single day like <laughs> um, like, like, is that the thing? Because you know what I mean? Because if you, yeah. if you like think about the actual situation, yeah. you're watching it as a viewer, you're like, what the? And then that's when Finding Nemo starts like, oh, okay. Why isn't she bummed out? I'm a little bummed out, you know? And then you're like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like, this is my, one of my problems with the movie. 
slightly was I would have thought by the end of Finding Nemo, Marlin would have been a little bit more tolerant of Dory. And not just tolerant, but wholly accepting of who she is. Because that movie is a buddy movie. It's 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 planes and trains and automobiles underwater basically. Yeah. Um it really is because yeah. John Candy is so annoying and and um and Steve Martin's like just just shut up, just shut up, stop being <laughs> so disgusting and annoying and by the end he finds out the sad thing about him and he looks at him as a person for the first time and not just like this annoying like tag that's just like right. stuck to him. And and I would have thought that I, I expected less of like a sitcom reset there with Marlon's character. Yeah, totally. It wasn't a solid reset, at least in, in, no, in my it, mind. It, it wasn't, but it was very much like an episode of Finding Nemo where Marlon's annoyed with Dory again. And I was like, I don't kind of like that almost right. trays something about how the last movie ended. Right. Um... Well, which I which I guess is a requirement, and I guess like, see, I'm asking like why I have these questions because I didn't have right. that question, with, I didn't have that problem with Toy Story two or Toy Story three. Right. Buzz and Woody were still kind of, you know, there was a little bit of tension between them still, but I think they those characters did actually kind of evolve like their relationship. Right. Oh, they totally did. Um, That's one. That was one of the major highlights of watching the the, the trilogy is just seeing you know might by easily by. The second movie, you can see Buzz and Woody are definitely on much better terms with each other, which yeah. just carries over on to, into the the third film. And there is, in a certain way, I at least in my point of view, there is still that connection between Marlon and Dory. Like you, you can tell at least through a, because of their experiences in the previous film that has carried over into this one, but. I do, I do see where you're, what what you're pointing out is like it could be considered a problem. It just, I, I for some reason it didn't resonate that strongly with me. It still felt like you know, because Marlon as a character, he gets even as he's much better, you know, humored now, not not as paranoid mm. about the open ocean. He's That's still true. terrified of it, of of leaving the reef and any reason that would probably take him would have to take him out of it. He'd probably be still like, uh, let's not do that. Can we do anything other than that, please? See, you're right, and that is also one of my like one of my like hang-ups, frankly, with mm. the movie, which was Marlin was really quick to get out on the open road. Mm-hmm. Like, why was he not more reluctant about it? He was like he hummed and hard for like a few minutes, and or like thirty. Because seconds. Dory made it personal. That's why. <laughs> I. D- I didn't buy it. But he was kind of guilted into it, yeah. Yeah, he was guilted into it, but, like, I thought he would have kicked up a little bit more of a fuss. Yeah. It it, it was a funny movie. I mean, in a few ways, it reminded, like, the start of the, like, the the first act kind of reminded me of the experience of watching The Force Awakens. (laughs) Um, In, like, in, in the week... Uh, or last week, I read this article by. Um, is, is anyone is anyone familiar with Film Crit Hulk? No, unfortunately, um, no. That's um, one of my list. Uh, he, I am. He's he's oh. like an anonymous film writer who is like a. I think he's like a development executive or something. 
but he's completely secretive about like his 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 industry connections or anything but he he talks it's it's really it's a really weird premise and lots of people are very put off by it but i'm just used to it by now um he like talks in like the hulk's voice so all of his and he does he he does these essays it's all writing he does these essays which are like pages long it takes about three hours to get through one Wow. But they are all in caps, and they are all in the <laughs> voice of the Hulk. So they will like they will like drop these and ands where the Hulk would. But th- looking through that, they he 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 is actually like an amazing film critic, and he thinks about film, and he's so knowledgeable about film to such wow. a deep extent. And he brought up his article in the week uh, or a couple weeks ago about the Force Awakens, basically, and um. <laughs> Frankly, he didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and it's a film which I was kind of like unsure of for a long time. And I still don't know if I like it. But he explained that what it did was it, it the, the strange thing about The Force Awakens. And this has like become my, my, my problem with the Marvel movies as well. Is that they're not, I'm, I can't be certain if they're all earning uh the moments that they're playing out uh, rather than referencing earlier movies. Mm. So, I see your point. So, so for example, in The Force Awakens, part of the weight of seeing Han Solo in that movie depends, well, actually, the entire weight of Han Solo in that movie depends on you having seen all the previous movies. It doesn't actually work as a standalone movie in that. No, sense. it does not. And the same, like, I mean, you cannot, you, you can absolutely see uh, what I'm talking about when you apply that to Civil War. You know, it just doesn't bloody work. Yeah, they're they're not standalone yeah. films. They're 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 relying on the fact that you have seen the other films in the continuity. Yeah, because that's and, that's become the whole big appeal now is continuity among films. Mm-hmm. I think I, I mean, think if, continuity if not, is fine, yeah. but but the the fundamental thing that that Hulk was talking about um, when it came to the Force Awakens was the idea of earning the emotion yeah, of what exactly. Was so there has to be an emotional continuity as well. Yeah, and not exactly. just reference to. Um, events or whatever. Yeah, and and I I think part of me getting into Binding Dory in the first like half hour uh, was made slightly harder job by how much the film was calling back and referencing things and hoping yeah. that you were pleased to see your old friends and mm. these old um, familiar places and things uh, from the first movie and. Right. I wasn't certain how much of the movie was me being nostalgic for Finding Nemo and how much of it was Finding Dory doing its own work. I get it. Though I will argue, at least after the first 10, 20 minutes of the film, when they do arrive at this uh, Marine Institute, that's when it really becomes its own film. Because I know at least for like the first... First right. good portion of the film, yeah, I can I can totally see where you're coming from. That's it's it is re- kind of relying on the fact that you've seen Finding Nemo and know all these characters and their tics and everything that makes them work. 
and mm-hmm. you know I mean, where they're supposed to be after that movie's over. But it's still once once you hit the Marine Institute and they're separated, it becomes more of Dory's movie. Yeah, yeah, I was so pleased when that happened. I really was. I mean, it's it's a strange it's a strange film for me because. I mean, I've only, I, I saw it earlier today, so I haven't really let it sit with me very long. But I think right now I can say I'm not so certain of it as a whole, but there are certainly individual moments and sequences that I loved and really, really worked. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I feel that way too. That's Yeah, I just saw it yeah, like yesterday, so I'm yeah. with you. Now, I do also want to bring up, I don't know if they did we this We haven't been for... too spoilery, have we, Chris? Yeah, have we? How, how have we been? I think... There's, yeah, there, there's no such, like, uh, oh, shit, Scar killed Mufasa moment, like, in, <laughs> in Finding Story. So we're not going <laughs> to... Scar did what? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, look what you did. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 but um, I wasn't sure if um if they did this for the Q and A. Did they just go right into the film, or did they show off the uh, the short film before? Oh, oh. No, they showed the short. Yeah, absolutely. So I that short. Okay, I I have I was that short freaked me out. There <laughs> really there was, there was one um there was a film submitted to Animation Nights New York that did the same thing where I was just seriously like, it. it it, it was just mm-hmm. as intense um, with regard to like the hyper-realistic materials or procedural materials or whatever. But it was like where it was so hyper-real, and then the animal animation was so natural or yeah. or or realistic. Let's say um, not natural with regard to animation, but realistic. Um, and then, and then, just little. There were little moments of exaggeration to give the character like some. It just creeped. It just. I mean, I didn't know what right. to think. Like I sat there going, like, "What do I do?" It made me feel really <laughs> old and really <laughs> like and really uh, a little like fever dreamy and um right. and because <laughs> I was just like, "Is this uh like I know what it is, but it's just like my brain was like, "Is this um a document tricking you? It, it, it's visually tricking you." Exactly. And yeah. I like I didn't yeah. know how to process it. And like I wanted to just enjoy it and, yeah. and go with the story, but the whole time there was this battle going on and all I could think about like of what it would look like in VR and how insanely realistic the materials are. And um yeah, and it's just so odd to have like this super uh realistic uh animation with these little like per weird cartoony personality things thrown in and like at this yeah the same thing happened to me with this other film i was just like well this is going in immediately it was same kind of thing there's like a it was set up like a documentary too where they like talk about the animal and for a half second i'm like is this a what is this is this live action oh of course not oh my god um so i don't know like that it freaked me out so bad i mean i liked it but it just it i was just like yeah it rocked my brain it's so funny that you said it was like a nature documentary because um i had that like thought for like 10 seconds watching the movie watching the short and then it disappeared because something funny happened right it was and it was and then it suddenly turned into oh i'm i'm watching a short 
cartoon in in a cinema with lots of other because it was um <laughs> there was something funny happened and the whole audience laughed and mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah it is a cartoon <laughs> exactly like, and there was a really sudden cut and um <laughs> and his feathers had been ruffled in a very cartoon yeah way. yeah and, yeah you know the moment I'm talking about and and um yeah it's funny I think it's always like worth kind of remembering that. Uh, with their shorts, they're always trying new ideas and yeah. they're trying uh, new technology and things like that. Yeah. So I think the kind of experimental like kind of sensation that you, you seem to have got from it is probably intentional. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I know what you mean. I, I, I was like, I didn't feel the whole time like I was watching a cartoon because there right. was a lot, which was so naturalistic and I guess, I, I guess, like if you're talking to a traditional animator, they would say, "Yep, it's it's animation because it's fulfilled the role of creating an illusion of life." And mm-hmm. you know, like that's what it is. Yeah. It tricked yeah. you. It, tri- it tricked you. Oh, it was so very insane. successful at that. I'll tell you. I was yeah. just like, I just reminding myself, like it's it's a cartoon. But, but fundamentally, fundamentally, the thing that like. Um, I loved about it was the like the audience reaction was everyone got it everyone yeah. knew it was a cartoon everyone understood that it was it was using all the same like language as a cartoon really mm-hmm. um and I think that's why it worked well that's why I mean I kept thinking like I would love to see like that film I would love to see the um the sort of studies and the animatic and the you know what I mean like the rust yeah. just to see what it looked like before the um, last you know passes of materials. Um, I I complete. kept thinking that too. I kept thinking like you must have they must have had like a lot of like tests to have the kind of confidence that they did to have shots which were so simple, yeah. but where the environment and the lighting and the effects yeah. were doing so much work. To make so it captivating, mm-hmm. because there are lots of shots which were just like the waves lapping back and yeah. birds jumping by, but it was captivating because it was so beautiful. Yeah, it was insane. And then I kept thinking about the little kids because it was probably there weren't that many kids, but there were some families um, at the. And I was thinking like they're just they're just this is normal. This is going to be normal. The new normal, <laughs> like right. this like syrup, right. you know. So amazing! Oh, I see so what you, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I. It's funny. I when I was watching it, I was thinking like, how much is this? How much of this? If I actually saw a photograph side by side, mm-hmm. I would be able to distinguish. Mm, uh, that is a good was, experiment. And how much was it? There was actually a very sophisticated level of stylization going on. Mm-hmm. That tricked me yeah yeah but you know um i like i love piper yeah no me too i mean it was just it just really messed with my head (laughs) 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 and again like i wanted to see it in v like i I was also it it was exciting i was just like you know what is coming next like this is insane um you know but and then a part of me longed to, to like see the whole thing hand drawn you know Oh yeah, that would be cool too. I don't don't know if I did this time. Like, I I think this is like one of the things which, like, CG does really really well because 
at the same time as having all of that unbelievable texture, like you're saying, they get to do the really cartoony, fun, bouncy animation. Yeah, but do you think it really... I don't know. This I is mean, the for, part where... For me, like, the whole fact that it was... Um, using the same language as a documentary. I mean, I did made fall it into more accessible. it. I did fall into it, but for a little while there, I felt like, you know, like grandma watching a tennis match going like, is this the <laughs> same show? You know, like, is this, are we watching the same channel? You know, and these cuts because of the cuts or something, you know? And I was just like, um, Oh, I see. Okay. Because, because of the natural motion and then the cartoon motion, just strictly from an animation perspective. Okay. Okay. Instead yeah, of think, having, yeah. I, that's something that I'm kind of like really conscious of, uh, watching. Cause I don't do CG animation, but, uh, I'm I'm very interested in it, and it seems like ever since that Pixar short, the Blue Umbrella, mm-hmm. right? I yeah. mean, just, this is certainly when I first began to notice. It seems like the reality that they're creating in these movies is very much dependent on the language of cinema as being a photographic medium. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And and actually, no, if further back than that, um, Wally actually was um there is like the the first uh part of wally is so dependent yeah on the fact that you feel like the dirt on the lens and you feel you know right um, the uh like the imperfect like wobbles in the in the tracking and stuff like that and that's all fine like for environment it's just for me it's the um for me, it's the environment coupled. Actually, you know, I don't even know. Like, I'm sort of guessing, but I think <laughs> that because um, it all—it's just all like this weird illusion. And part of it too is just I've been watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hand-drawn films too. So to go from that to this right. like, super realistic—I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that's part of it. I'm sure that's part of it. Um, but um, it's the—it's the super hyper-realistic environments and materials coupled with this strange transition of um like super realistic movement of the characters with like mm-hmm. sort of cartoon elements injected so it's like the bird ah, is okay, moving okay. exactly like it would in nature and you really can barely even tell that it's animated because it looks like the jungle book and then suddenly the <laughs> eyes get really big and you're like what the hell is am i hallucinating oh, no, that's the cartoony part sort of injected into the performance. Instead of, and it's like this weird escalation that's sort of punctuating certain points. And um, and that's new. Like, that seems new to me. Like, that, or a new new way. I mean, that's something that we're, it's happening these days. It wasn't necessarily happening in the past. You know what I mean? Because we weren't getting that hyper- realistic uh animation before and that's the part that is a little bit fever dreamy to me where it's just like you know like that cat is looking oh. at me and talking to me you know what I mean? well, hey hey yeah. how about this how about this like it goes back to that theory that takahata had about oh. animation being something that audiences so audiences when they're watching like he, he said that um he said this like back in like 10 years ago i think at least um 
audiences watching live action movies aren't actually paying attention in the same way that they are them uh that they are when they're watching uh animation because mm. in a new reality you i guess you're just a little bit more observant so like what you seem to be saying is that the so going from so taking that as a foundation what you seem to be saying is that when you're watching these new uh cg animated cartoons you're experiencing you're experiencing uh the the film as you would a live action film mm-hmm. and then within like the language or like the the visual language of that you then have like these like sprouts mm-hmm. of 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 like really cartoony things mm-hmm. happening within like the same canvas and it's like yeah it, yeah I, I understand what you're saying um yeah and you're kind of like what the hell and then i mean yeah, you get be, used to it but it's just a little bit crazy <laughs> and um i mean i had honestly i had similar feelings about um who framed roger rabbit all right um, like the elevator scene specifically um mm-hmm. You know, had it gave me sort of a similar like gut feeling, <laughs> like um... oh, the one that freaks me out, the one that <laughs> like for some reason just sticks with me. And I don't know if it freaks me out or I don't know if it's just like <laughs> memorable, memorable or something, but it's imprinted in me. Is when he jumps out the blind. Sorry, he jumps <laughs> through the blind, and he jumps through the blind, and it cuts, and then it cuts back to the blind, and his silhouette is. Uh, like cut into the blind that he jumped through, uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, that kind of freaks me out a bit. That's a little, little bit like, like something from another plane. Yeah, so yeah. dimensional being affecting our reality. Right, exactly. And that's, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, dissonant. Yeah, it? and that's the thing. Like, yeah, and you know, with the virtual reality stuff that's promising, whatever to be render in the corner. I mean, I don't know how. Um, you know, we'll see. We're, I don't know, you know, who, who, what rigs will be running, like, animation, the quality of, you know, something like Piper necessarily anytime, yeah. that'll happen anytime soon, but, um, or maybe, you know, you go to to a place or, like, theme park or something. Um, Do you yeah, know, I, I, I hope that's in its infancy. I hope that's in its yeah. infancy. And that's it doesn't take too many cues from movies right, right. now. Right, right. Sure. Sorry, we've kind of... Can oh, we get back yeah, onto yeah. finding Dory? Just, yes, just, definitely, just, definitely. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Sorry, it's still, I, I to... was just fascinated just listening to you guys talking about this. Sure. Like, like, no, it all was. I no, have to it... say is like it's good. I got tricked. That's all I can say. Yeah. No, it really was. And they were, they were as a program, they were paired together really well. Obviously, mm-hmm. but um, definitely. Uh, uh, so th- the funny thing was that um, like a couple hours after. Story, I was thinking, hmm, it didn't quite have the same uh, like obvious punches as Finding Nemo did. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I don't know how much, I don't know how much of a film, how, how, how much is fair to talk about a film standing on its own or you having like a further bit of context to contextualize it and understand it. But um, someone at the Q&A basically said that um, someone put up their hand and asked a question and they said, uh, Mr. Stanton, I really, really like your TED talk where you talk about movies that you 
see as like your your bedrock your bedrocks for like making movies and they were Bambi and oh, Lawrence yeah. of Arabia mm. and oh. and he's and he actually kind of like he, he kind of like uh sat sat forward in his seat or sat back or pulled a face a little bit and went oh you found me out because he said like and and she said well you know the theme of Lawrence of Arabia is who are you mm-hmm. and it's a question and the film doesn't really give you the answer like with the ending the ending is not necessarily is not necessarily um conclusive or in any way um uh revelatory really right. in Lawrence of Arabia uh, but the central like beating like question in that film is who are you and then I was like okay let's apply it to finding, finding Dory and it works and it's like oh crap that kind of <laughs> now makes the film like I, I kind of now see it in a different light it's not necessarily one of those stories where one plus one equals mm. two and it's like oh the magic thing appeared or 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 like um inside out right where oh the thing that has been following us all this time turns out in fact to be sadness turns out in fact to be uh, you know um a very uh, integral and important part of life mm-hmm. uh but finding dory is not necessarily that type of movie Mm-mm. and the fact that it isn't and the fact that like finding Nemo kind of is, uh, I think is worth noting. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. They are different really movies. They are yeah. quite different movies, really. And and the ways in which they go about character development are probably probably more subtle and intentionally. You know, like I was I was thinking maybe what Stanton has like is going for is is a more gradual kind of um you know uh effect where you don't see the seams you're not aware that this is this turning point and this is the moment when da 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 and you can't like pinpoint it but the overall effect is is moving that's interesting i i i can't say i'm i can't say i was moved by finding dory in quite the way that uh, I was by finding Nemo, or I kind of really wanted to be by finding Dory. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I could certainly see how multiple viewings could begin to layer it in a in a different way. Yeah. Especially if you do watch it like almost side by side with Finding Nemo itself, because I know there was at least just the one scene at the very end. I don't know why it just kind of hit me in a certain way, but just. It made me leave the theater with an like just the biggest dorkiest grin on my face, and it just I just I don't know it just felt right it just felt right to just kind of leave off on the note that it did. Dory. Yeah. 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 The ending was very uh, like it was it was quite naturalistic really. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going for making an obvious point. Right. Now, that's, I like that theory a whole lot. That's that's really interesting. Although, you know, I think Lawrence of Arabia is more effective. <laughs> um, it, like, 
I mean, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, for a while there, like with Wally and and um, and Up, like they were doing that weird stage, like um, like sort of the movie was done in stages, right? And and the mm-hmm. I guess the theory or what was being talked about a lot is is um, oh, it's like they're like movements in a in a musical piece. Except that to me, every time I went, I was like, oh, here we go again. Like <laughs> first part is sad and quiet. Second part is like crazy crazy wacky crazy and then come together you know what i mean like it was yeah, more, yeah. i was like I, I was just like yeah and i was kind of like uh, all right well maybe in theory this is okay but to me they were just like big stuttering <laughs> like i didn't get it like i didn't you know what i mean i mean it doesn't mean i didn't like the films i just didn't really um i don't know that no, the theory worked a hundred percent i, I think know? um those era of Pixar movies are very interesting to look at when you consider that they had the first act for a long time and they didn't have the second and the third acts. Um, They feel like quite separate movies within themselves. Totally, totally. Uh, but I, I mean, like, I, I don't think Finding Dory is is like that. I think Finding no, Dory no, is. not at all. But just as far as like, it's sort of almost like a different kind of theme applied, and it's like, sure. you know, does it, it does it work a hundred percent? Oh no! But anyway, it's still, you know, it's it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely and, a cool. And, and in, in in a strange kind of way, it's like a smaller movie. It is. It's 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 um. Yeah, like the idea, like the ocean is not is not presented as uh, huge because you uh, really don't explore much of it. It's like you're in the ocean for a little while, and then like the new place the to explore yeah. is the big institute, mm-hmm. which is really great to look at, and all the different parts of it that we get to see are fantastic. I mean, there are so many beautiful details. I I yeah. really love their um. And I, I think it's actually kind of got something to do with like what you were talking about, Yvonne. They're they're approaching like hyper realistic imagery, but mm-hmm. there were there there were there were parts of that park that looked like theme parks or uh, mm-hmm. zoos or things I'd actually that I had visited, and it's like these imperfect things that are not ideal, but it's like that's how those things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, just like just yeah. tiny things, just like catch my eye. Even now, like the um, the the sippy cup that yeah. drops in for a yeah. little bit. Really the funny. top of the sippy cup was like all bitten. It was like yeah. it had been chewed. Like, That's beautiful. Like I don't know if I don't know if a hand drawn movie would have had that detail because it would have just been hell to keep track of and to keep consistent. But I really appreciated that. Yeah. Like, that little joke was like there like it was <laughs> this sippy cup has been used and abused yeah yeah that's really funny yeah this, it's interesting um with the amount like the vastness of the ocean you definitely don't get it and yet they had to cross the entire thing it's like that one it's like oh we'll just skip ahead <laughs> and spend oh. all our time in this tiny little park <laughs> well, well that know. was when like i was watching the movie and i was like i didn't expect that to happen yeah. <laughs> and that was when i was I, I realized i had been watching it the wrong way i was yeah. like oh this because the, there's the right. I've, I've heard a few times people saying that movies their job is to kind of teach certain movies mm-hmm. have to teach you how to watch them 
And I guess like when that happened, I was thinking, oh, by doing that so quickly, this movie is upfront saying, slow down. This movie is not necessarily about the ocean being huge. This movie is something else. Right. But then, you know, part of me thinks like, well, why does it have to be located there? Like, why couldn't it have been closer? I don't know. Um, it's just a thought. Because she does, you do go through the whole journey, yeah. you know, uh, in flash, sort of in flashbacks, right? Yeah, that's kind of the whole point. It's really just, it's not so much, the the journey is a bit more of a personal personal nature. Is it personal in nature? It's not so much about distance, actual physical distance. It's Right, but then why put the distance? Mental distance. Why put the distance in there? Like, it, I don't know, it's just a thought. I don't know, it's just a thought. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I can't really give my the full... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I the know. The full yeah. rundown of the movie without yes. talking yes. about it, as if you've seen the exactly. ending. Um, yes. But I, well, I will can we say this. Say this. Right, here, you finished what you said, and then we think we should probably wrap things up. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Sorry. Um, yes. I don't think that anything. So, I I realize that I think about the characters from Finding Nemo on and off, some for, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, quite a lot. <laughs> they kind of like they do live on like after the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. And seeing them again today and finding Dory, they felt like the same characters. Mm-hmm. And by the end of finding Dory, they were not portrayed by the movie. Mm-hmm. And when I think of those characters now, they are the same characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. I mean, I think it is probably a good thing because. I, I still love them as much and they still the movie didn't do anything to portray them or to um, right. create any inconsistency about them mm-hmm. and uh, like, at the end of the movie and I don't think like many animated movies can really say this like it really is character driven mm-hmm. right and and that's, that's like up front like my favorite thing about this movie and um, certainly Finding Nemo which is when I'm watching these movies, like, for some reason, when I'm watching these, I'm not really thinking about fishes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they it's... seem, like, more like actual people than yeah, yeah. fish characters. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah, that's part of the amazing, and part of the is, you know, the incredible acting. <laughs> oh, yes. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it, the, it just floors me every single time. It's like, and even, I mean, even, uh, you know, Finding Nemo is the same way. Like, the the rigs, the stuff that they they push the rigs to do are incredible, and there aren't even arms and legs. <laughs> you know, I know like, it's it's amazing, it's amazing. Okay, so, so would you uh, recommend this film to well, for people to go see it? Yes. Yeah, I think yes. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Oh. And shall we do our usual closing out, or should we spice things up? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Sorry, oh. we're going on. That's Sorry. fine. Hey, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the birthday episode. You know, it's it, it. Everything comes back full circle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's been a very good chat, even though the technical gods have not been on our side once again. <laughs> We got something in the in the end, and it's going to be an interesting edit. Um, 
But uh, if you want to keep up with everything we're doing, follow us on animationforadults.com, follow us at AFA Blog on Twitter, uh, find us on Animation for Adults at Facebook, uh, Tumblr, Pinterest, Google Plus, and Instagram, or join our Facebook group. group. And uh, if you want to support us and help us produce more stuff and more fancy, interesting content, uh, come and support us on Patreon and get extra bonus stuff as well. Um, stay tuned for our um, the rest of our birthday episodes. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me at uh, Mr. Crystal on Twitter and Facebook. And Dan, where can we find you? Dan. Hello. Hello. Oh no. Oh. Seriously. <laughs> it's at the very freaking end. Come on. Oh man. You can follow Dad at Haru on Twitter. <laughs> Rachel. You can find me uh, on Twitter at FailToNinja. And I'm on Twitter at Eisner underscore Inc. Okay. <laughs> oh, my Lord. At the very last second, it just does one last thing to mess with us. Skype. Oh, well, at least it got... Let us get this far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Skype. <laughs> Thank Typical. you, almighty Skype gods. <gasps> oh, oh, are you back? Are you back? Can you hear us? Am I back? <gasps> oh, you got yeah. an echo! Yeah. Oh. Awesome echo! That's so dramatic. Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I'm using a fancy mic. I'm not in the bathroom. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Back. okay. It just sounds like you're back Where? from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Where can we find you, Dad? On the internet. <laughs> and on Twitter.com. <laughs> and in in the spirit, spectral <laughs> realm. <laughs> <by Sandra. laughs> they still have Twitter. <laughs> oh my god, this is Beautiful. fantastic. This is the perfect way to end this episode. Okay. I love it. I... I think we have to sign out before anything else. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners for sticking with us, and we will be producing more awesome content for you in the near future. And hopefully in a more effective way where it doesn't always Yeah! Work. Less, uh, <laughs> less angry tech gods inv- invading our space. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody. <laughs> We will catch you soon. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Oh. Good night. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sand. Watches the ships that go sailing somewhere beyond the sea. She's there watching.